the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is a Monday. Good to have you with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Power panel is in the studio. If you're watching on our Facebook Live uh, uh, broadcast, then you see Paul Calvert, Iverson Jackson is in the middle right there, and then Jan Morgan. And Jan is wearing a shirt, and you should get yourself one of them. Here's... Two a she women. brought me one this today. This is the women's version yes, of the shirt. It yes, says so 2A women, and the men's version says 2A women supporter. And we are the counter to Moms Demand Action in America. We have chapters in every state. Uh, we've got over 18,000 members wow. and, and growing. Yes, we are very well, it's pushing 19,000 now. So, We're really excited. So Dan, what I we did, do, what we do, just so you know. Oh, you got yours I on? I actually did wear it this but time. But why are you covering it up with a red shirt? There you go. Okay. What we do is we educate, motivate, and activate people to engage with their government to uh, stand up for their Second Amendment rights. And we also pay for firearms training for victims of domestic violence. You had a big crowd yesterday. Actually, for the last two days. We we trained uh, Saturday and Sunday. We had seven instructors. Uh, uh, Most all the instructors were women, certified firearms instructors. Uh, Dave, you would have just loved it. You would have had a blast because <laughs> uh, I know how you are. And we trained over 50 women, 52 women Good. Uh, and men, actually. I've said so. that any woman who does not have a gun needs to go see a psychiatrist and find out why. <laughs> well, you know, women, I, I'm telling you, the, the thing is, and that's why I've encouraged other women to become firearms instructors, because women are more comfortable learning from women. Okay. It's just a, you know, it's just See, a, and you understand that. So I do you're understand already that. doing it. Because I was because I was a woman as a TV news broadcaster who was covering all the violent crime that was out there. I finally decided I should get armed and trained. And I started asking other women, do you carry? Do you carry? And nobody was carrying. I said, why are you? Wow. And the reason women said they didn't take classes is because they would take classes. It would be full of men. And the men made them feel stupid if they asked a question yeah, that was, yeah, you know, yeah, because we understand. don't grow up around guns. Most women don't. Let me tell you what, I went to a class several years back over at, uh, well, I won't say where it was at. I, I just will say this, that uh, women don't just ask dumb questions. Men ask, Men ask really. dumb questions. Yeah, yeah, when you got to say, when they say, you say, grab the gun by the butt, and they all look at you, what? Yeah. <laughs> What's well, your butt? It, right. There's no crack at the end of you this You know what gun? I tell my students? 
at the beginning of the class, I say the only stupid question is the one that you don't ask. That's right. That's what my you father always told Especially when talking about a firearm. You got to ask. Well, yeah. Well, women are not natural killers. I know some men would disagree with that. But, <laughs> but women are natural only lovers and nurturers. God created us to be lovers and nurturers. You know, we're, we're, we're wives, we're mothers. We're supposed to be taking care of people. And women who have the perception that guns kill people rather than guns save lives, there's yes. this mental thing we have to kind of <clears throat> work through. And I actually had a, a Christian woman yesterday in my class who, when we got on the shooting simulator system, mm-hmm. where there was actually a real person in front of her who was coming at her with a knife, uh-huh. she had a breakdown. She could not. Wow. She just started crying and she sat down and she had this whole thing with her Christian faith that she had to deal with about killing another human yeah. being, even yeah. though she was facing an attack. You know, uh, we worked through it, but there are, you know, women are just, we're. She, we, she finally pulled the trigger. She's coming back next week. Okay. She's coming back next week for one-on-one time with me to kind of, after she has some time to sit and think through things. And I asked her to go back in the Bible and look at the times that, that God commanded his people mm-hmm. into, into uh, self-defense situations. Yeah. You know, he, didn't, he, he told us not to kill, but there are times in the Bible when, when people were told to defend innocent life. Yeah. And, and Jesus very, told the disciples yeah. to take a sword. He did. Yes, he did. He did. Isn't, what is that, Mark or Luke? Yeah. Uh, yes, he when they did. went out the second time when he sent the uh, when they went out into the world, the first time he sent them out, right. he sent them out among his own people. Right. And so mm-hmm. he said, don't take a sword. The second time he sent them out into the world, mm-hmm. he said, take a sword this time. Yeah, And he said, if you can't afford <laughs> yeah. one, sell your clothes. Sell your clothes. Yeah. And the sword yeah. of biblical times is the gun of today. Yes. I mean, that is the weapon of today. But, yeah, it's just amazing. It's one of the most rewarding things I've ever mm-hmm. done in my life to, to watch people transition from guns kill people to guns save lives. I can't believe I've been walking around unarmed and then getting tactically prepared and mentally prepared to defend innocent life. It's an amazing uh, position to be in. I love it. Okay, where's my story here? I want to bring this story. Since we're talking guns, mm-hmm. that was going to be later on in the show. But since we're talking about it right now, over the weekend, and by the way, talking about what you're talking about is exactly, I watched that show. It's um, that dude, Marty Rains or whatever, with his son and his daughter, and they go to home homesteaders places and they help save them because they're having a real tough time and uh there was a lady it was a black couple they were working with i think it was in tennessee and they she had moved from chicago Hmm. okay now chicago is like the capital of gun violence okay (laughs) she had never in her life i would say she was maybe in her early 30s had never ever touched a firearm right never even that's that's pretty common actually touching it well we found out as the show went on that when her brother was 18 he was shot Mm -hmm. he was paralyzed Mm -hmm. and a year later he died Mm -hmm. and so she equated that with guns guns. and so uh they helped her i mean if you're going to be a homesteader you better know how to hunt that's basically how you put meat on the table right and so nothing else they took her out and uh and got her used to i think they used a 12 gauge with her Mm -hmm. which i think is probably the easiest weapon kind of fire the first time for hunting well for for hunting hunting. it's just it kicks you know (laughs) it might kick but you know she did all right but uh a twenty-two caliber firearm is the best first starter just getting you used to guns the big problem for her uh-huh. was even touching it 
Hmm. I mean, she never even touched wow. again. I had a guy in my class this weekend on Saturday who was addicted to uh, alcohol for 30 years because as a 13-year-old child, he watched his father kill his mother. Hmm. And then his oh, other wow. family member was killed with a gun. And yet, yeah. and it t- you know, he, he finally worked through his alcoholism with Christ. Yeah. It, he, it, took, it took a personal relationship with Christ to help him defeat that. Mm-hmm. And that's why today he says he takes a stand for, and you know, this is a very controversial thing, but... Uh, whether or not addiction is a disease or it's a choice. And he, I asked him in the class because I said, people on social media always get, get bogged down in this debate. And he said, it is a choice. Sometimes it can lead to a disease, but addiction is a choice. That's what he said. Because, because he said, if you, if you take the personal responsibility away from it, then how can you ever defeat it? Mm -hmm. You know, because every single day that you choose not to succumb to that drive. Uh, urge, yeah, that so, urge yeah, well. is is a day that you're making a choice to defeat that addiction. Yeah, I get so, lots of blowback when I say it's not a disease. Yeah, I do too, I and that's huge, why I asked him because he's been there. Because people say you don't know, you've never been addicted. And I said, okay, but now here's a guy that has been, uh, and he actually is a drug rehabilitation counselor yeah. now. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was an amazing guy. It took for him to shoot a gun after watching his father kill his mother wow. and. And, you know, and having another family. That would be tough. I mean, if you're a kid and that happens, so such a traumatizing event, it, it would make you probably not want to reach out and learn how to use a handgun. Right. Right. Or okay. to, to be a person who's active with Moms Demand Action against gun rights. Yeah. And I had a lady in my class this, this uh, weekend, a, a black lady, who uh, she had her son and her brother, I believe, had both been killed by a gun. Wow. And I interviewed her live. If you get a chance, go to my Facebook page. Her testimony is amazing. She said, "I it took me all this time, but I finally realized it's not the gun. Guns don't kill people. Bad people kill people. Kill the people. gun is simply yes. a tool. That's it. Exactly. So, yeah, because right. they could have been knifed. They could have been bludgeoned. And to she's death. now a member of 2A Women, well, women yeah, Helping Us Fight. Well, I think you'll see her at the state capitol oh, great. next time we have a gun rights all battle. Right. Fantastic. Okay, so evidently over the weekend, a video was out on Facebook, and it showed a man and a woman with handguns out front, right behind the gate of their gated community. And there was a large group of protesters, and they were saying they were going to break in to their community. Now, let's all remember that there have been all kinds of tweets and all kinds of stuff out there on social media from Antifa saying we're coming to your neighborhoods and we're taking them over. All right. So everybody uh, who have seen that and live in an area that there's some protection for them uh, are a little bit on edge to say the least. Well, the video went viral and I like what Amy Swear said. I I actually tend to agree that this turned out remarkably well for the protesters as it appears they broke through a gate and rushed onto private property. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, and I have to agree with that. Uh, they, they were protecting, as far as I'm concerned, mm. their home. Right. Now, let's let's start with Jan and then I'll move down the, li- the, the way here to Iverson and then to Paul. Actually, I want you to start on that end because I'm answering some people who are joining us now <laughs> okay, live on social right. media on all Facebook. Right, so we got to talk to these people. You're going to look for me. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you look at this probably the same way I'm going to look at this, that if there is a, if there is a rabble-rousing crowd 
and they are forcing the gates of your gated community open and are threatening to come in they are a direct threat at that time to me and my family and it it seems like it and that's that's the thing is i have to see the circumstances obviously but well, we got to go by what we've been told. Right, what here. we've been told, and so uh, uh, I, I like I like the idea of using less than lethal means. I would probably uh, shoot over their heads first. I, I think so. I, I've <laughs> and a lot of times uh, so, and this is a little bit different, but I've had to deal with dogs before. Yeah, a lot of times you can fire a weapon close to them and they'll run off. And I okay. think that's probably true with people as well in many cases. Um, but you you got to be prepared to actually shoot. When you have have well, a weapon, that's what you do when you and, pull a weapon. Right. You got to be right. ready to use it. And so it's a messy situation, but most of us are not armed with less than lethal force. We don't have a shotgun with with light birdshot in it that we could pepper people with to to tell to to change their minds about whether or not they want to to, to pick this fight. And so it's a bad situation to be in. Um, just like when some, when you're on a highway and, and the, you've got a bunch of rioters that are stopping traffic, at some point you have to make the decision whether or not you're just going to go on All right. and, and plow, plow yourself a path, which okay. is a bad situation. So Iverson Jackson is next. But first, we got to take a break. We're going to do that and come back. You hear what Iverson has to say. Then you hear what Jan Morgan has to say. And then I'll say what I said at the very beginning. Again, I'll repeat it for the cancel culture out there. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Overnight and then eat them. Well, they're good. Overnight. They're good, yeah. Overnight oats. Okay, that doesn't sound very good, but okay, whatever. It is. Put some fruit on top of it, put a little brown sugar on it, put some peanut butter and jelly on top of it. No, honey. Good stuff. Honey's good. Put honey on my oatmeal. That'd be good. Yeah, and blueberries. I'm just... I'm into a health you kick again. You must have missed breakfast this morning. <laughs> no, right? I'm back into a health kick again. I'm eating good uh, again. I, my blood sugar got up too much during this break of being at home all the mm-hmm. time. Right. So I eat because food is everywhere in my house. <laughs> yes. So that's my problem. So I, I, I don't eat after 8 now. I don't eat before 11. So oh, wow. that's the way I do now. All right. Oh, wow. Iverson. All right. All right. A couple. Comes out of their house with the, a rifle and a handgun because protesters have breached the gate of their gated community. They didn't have to shoot at anybody. Yeah. Uh, the protesters turned and went the other way when the guns appeared. Right or wrong? Well, when 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 they started uh, the physical attack, I would not see them any longer as protesters. I would see them as enemies advancing. And it's time to do something different when they start uh, physically attacking. They so they're no longer protesters. Protesters are supposed to be peaceful. They were literally okay. enemies at the gate. They were enemies at the gate. Uh, now, I'll I, I recall a personal situation when we lived in uh, uh, Fort Monmouth, New Jersey. And I was going through Camden, New Jersey. And I was I didn't know, of course, you know, I'm from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. But I was told, don't go down through Camden, New Jersey over and over again. They will pull you out of your car and, you know, beat you. Yeah. This, is in, <laughs> this is in 1991. Yeah. So my mindset then was I'm in a 4,000 pound bullet. Nobody's going to pull me out of it. You know, there'll be a speed bump and I'll deal with the legal consequences later. Yeah. So that's that was my my um, mindset. Uh, mindset then. I don't think it's changed much. My mindset's an easy one. Better to be tried by 12 than carried by six. Carried by six. Go Go ahead, Jan. Okay, so 
most states that have the castle doctrine, that allows you to actually protect your property, not okay. just your life. You can defend your property. Which we so, need in this state, yeah, by well, the way. We, we, you, it, we do sort of have that in Arkansas where you can, you can defend your property, but you can't defend it. You can't shoot a person for stealing your property if they're running away from you. You have to feel, here it is, folks. Here is your justification for use of lethal force in most states. All you have to do is feel an imminent threat of serious bodily injury or death to you or anyone in your presence. That's it. That's your legal justification. And I would recommend that if you're going to have a firearm, you need to get concealed carry insurance. $10.95 a month, and you have instant access to a lawyer. And if you ever get in a situation with your gun, that lawyer is going to defend you, and you don't have to pay legal fees. Because here's the thing, folks, and I, I explained that to my students this weekend. Even if you do everything right legally, mm-hmm. once you pull a firearm out of a holster in a public place or even on your property, you could be subject to civil litigation. That's correct. And the the lawyer's fees alone could run fifteen, twenty, twenty five thousand dollars or more if it goes to a higher level, a higher court. So. You know, why would you not for ten dollars and ninety five cents a month do that? And and there there's there's a number of good insurances out there. Uh, uh, U.S. Law Shield, Self-Defense Fund. Those are two really good ones. USCCA, I've heard is pretty good. So, uh, you know, you you definitely it's such a a piece. Knowing that if you get in a situation, you're not going to be out all those attorney's fees. Well, in the video, evidently, the way that the people were handling their firearms was not the most professional way to handle your your firearm. So Dana Loesch happened to see this video, mm-hmm. and she made three points about the video. She said, one, they need to learn better gun handling. Mm-hmm. Two, they have no defense plan. You have a fire escape plan, have a home defense plan, home invasion, and then practice the drills. And then three, considering the broadcast, violence, fire, and weeks of angry mobs, of course, they're scared. Mm-hmm. So right. That's good. You know, that was you know good I, 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 she is right about training. There are a lot of people out there carrying guns. And I, I, I know this because every single day at my range, people come in to renew their concealed handgun license. Mm-hmm. And this is what I hear before they even get inside the range to shoot. You know, I haven't shot this gun in five years since I Not last good. <laughs> No. And I say, please don't tell me that. Please, seriously, that is the most ir- is you just told me you're irresponsible. Yeah. No, you, you, no, in my facility, you're not even allowed to pull a gun out of a holster, out of a case, out of a purse, wherever you have it, yeah. anywhere except in the firing range, in the firing lane, and it has to be pointed down range. But still, you know, when people start making excuses when they walk yeah. in the door right. about what their marksmanship is going to be, and you tell me you haven't shot, if you are carrying a gun, you have a responsibility to be a responsibly armed citizen, and that includes being tactically prepared and mentally prepared yeah. for decision-making in a crisis. Because I don't even know if the round's going to discharge from the chamber once it fires because it might be stuck. Well, there are people that don't even know that their gun has a safety on it. I've seen mm-hmm. that. So, and I, you know, I hate to have to tell that because that, that's, a, that's not a good testimony well, about gun owners in, in this state and in America, but we need to do better than that. Okay, so Iverson and I were kind of talking during the break. That's and I scary. Said, since, you were, <laughs> since he was in the, in the military... Uh, and I was in the military. I can tell you, I go through all kinds of situational, situational training, training in my head. Yeah. What will I do if this happens or that happens or whatever might happen? I mean, I've even got six situational training for what will I do if I win the lottery? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, seriously. Well, the first thing, first thing to, I'm going to get a CPA. I'm going to get a CPA and I'm going to get a lawyer. <laughs> That's the two things I'm going to do. But you go through, if you go through things in your head enough, you will do them. It won't seem bizarre <laughs> to you if the flag happens to go up. That's what 60 training. seconds. Go ahead. Yeah. That's what training is about. And of course, you know, in the military, you're always doing, well, we don't call it recertification, but up training. Yeah. Now, both of us have been out for a long time, so the terminology may have changed some, some, but you're always training, familiarization with your weapon. Uh, if you have downtime, you're cleaning your weapon. So you're never, I mean, your weapon is just like your canteen. You just get used to handling it. You get used to all the features on it. It's and a part of you. It's a part of you putting putting Things uh, the automatic. weapon back together. Janet, when we took your class, I remember you were talking about your husband and uh, uh, how he could put his weapon back together. Blind in the dark. In the yes. dark. Well, and so you was like. <laughs> if you're army, really? that's probably true. It is true. It is well used to be. You got to be able to do it. Well, that's one of the things. When we were dating, one of the things he said, we, you know, I was going to try to impress him. We were going to take my AR-15 apart, and I was going to impress him and show okay, him how to do that. You can finish your story when I'll we tell come the story back. After the break. News <laughs> is now. So on Twitter, we had somebody who said about this couple that uh, turned the protesters around at their gated with community their firearms, with their right? firearms. You know, you should be afraid of the guy with the pink tucked-in polo shirt. But, it's a joke. Oh, okay. It's a joke. Okay. It's a joke. You know. hmm. I didn't get I'm just like, you know, I, I, <clears throat> look, I'm not one of those people that very, very seldom will you ever see me in a pink, pink shirt. <laughs> well, you know, only a man who is confident in his masculinity will wear a pink shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not afraid, yeah. not yeah. afraid to be ripped That's about like, Do you remember when that yeah. became a big deal for yeah. guys to start wearing the pink shirts yeah. and the, Pink, pink ties, ties. And, yeah. yeah. Hey, that doesn't bother me. I, it, the, the skinny jeans on a guy that that does bother. Well, me. there's yeah. a lot That's of that now, gross. for sure. I know. I guess I, I I think one Sunday our pastor wore skinny jeans. Mm. I've not seen him in skinny jeans since. Yeah, I'm mm. sure everybody was like, <laughs> the spirit was not saying, moving. That's probably that, true. And, and that and man <laughs> buns. I don't things. like the man bun thing. I don't. That's kind of weird looking. It just it's girly to me. That's girly yeah. man well, stuff. That's what we think about pink shirts. I, I don't <laughs> like it girly. that we. I don't like it that our culture has feminized men. That's not how God created. God created men to be men yeah. and women to be women. Now, and, guys, and like that. that doesn't mean you don't wear underarm deodorant. <laughs> i'm just saying all right you can still go ahead and use you know your you know old right. spice or yeah. whatever yeah, but don't you hate it is there anybody here that disagrees with me anybody out here in our audience that disagrees with me about the the demasculation of men in our, in our I culture call it the, today i call it the wussification well, uh, i call it yeah. the opalization there you of go man so, that, so you know, get the, in touch with your feelings so jan yeah. one, one of the things that's kind of interesting is that there's all sorts of things in, in our culture that are feminine in nature. Mm-hmm. They're exclusively feminine. Right. There aren't very many things anymore that are exclusively masculine. Women can wear men's clothes and nobody really thinks anything about it for the most part. They're, maybe they're cut a little bit different, but they're mm-hmm. still essentially the same as men's clothes in many cases. Or they can they can go ahead and wear men's clothes and nobody cares. But if man if a man wears a dress, well, that's obviously nasty. That's mm-hmm. gross. But a woman can wear everything I'm wearing right now. Nobody thinks anything about it. She looks maybe not very feminine, but she doesn't look. And nobody looks at her either. Well, maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> maybe, maybe so. But 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 she. But nobody thinks of her as as as, um, as fruity or, or real messed up or anything. She, they just they think she's working or something. But if a man dresses um, 
in um, in skinny jeans or in or feminine or, or in, clothes. In feminine yeah. Yeah. clothes yeah. There's a distinction there, and everybody thinks he's gross, and that's a good thing, I think. But but there's not a lot of things in our culture that are exclusively masculine, mm-hmm. and that's, I think, a bad thing. Mm. I had to think about I, that. Movie. Yeah, I don't know. I have to think about that too. I just know that. I, I, look, I everybody. <laughs> this is America. You can you can be or feel how you want to feel. I, I'm just saying that I at, at fifty something years old, fifty six, fifty seven. <laughs> Once I can't you pass fifty, it don't matter what you think. You I know just what I'm saying? know that I, and women get some women get mad at me because I say I am not a feminist. And it's to me. There's a difference between being a feminazi, oh yeah, mm-hmm. and oh, and yeah. being a, a, a in a way I, I can say I'm a feminist in that I love being a woman. I, I love I love being a woman. I don't want to be like a man. Right. I I love the distinction that God in the way that God created us, men and women. But I, I I do want the man to be the head of the home because that's what God says works. Yes, you know somebody has to be accountable for the family. But but likewise, men as the head of the home need to understand that that doesn't mean that you rule. As a dictator, you you rule. You know, Christ gave us very specific outlines yes, about how the man is to be the head of the home. But you are to to lead your home out of love and and love your wife, and that is sacrificial and putting her needs before your own. And so that, it's amazing how all that works if you if you do it by God's design. And yep. when we get in trouble is when we don't. Yep. Well, when you get to Ephesians and you start preaching on that, <laughs> a lot of pastors stop with the woman. They don't go. Into the, the next mm-hmm. verse, yeah. which says, and men, love your wife as Christ loved the, the church. And gave himself and for it. And gave himself for it. That's but you know, exactly people think, right. because people say, I bet you, I bet you just, you know, boss your husband around because I'm a very strong woman. I have a strong personality. It's not what and, the but, Bible but says. It's not what the yeah. Bible says. But when you, in, in our household, when my husband says, no, Jan, say, I got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Even if I disagree. I'll, you know, and I may talk to him about it, but I will never disrespect his authority in our home. Good, yeah, because that's the way it's, it's supposed, to supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I tell people, no, my husband's a very strong man. Yeah, it's not saying that you can't disagree, right. And you can't talk to your husband right. about things and discuss it, mm-hmm. but, but the final decision is his. Yeah. After after you have both as long talked as, it out, as long as yeah. n- it's it's biblical yeah. and not. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not teaching you to be a prostitute or something of that. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. We're going to a, a fun party tonight, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. That that now you're you're beholden to God first. Yes, but, but and the reason you know when God made man the head of the home, that man is also that carries a lot of responsibility. He's accountable mm-hmm. for the family. That's a responsibility I don't want. Yeah. I don't want to be responsible for everybody in my family. But that's why, you know, a man who can't keep his affairs in his home and he can't maintain his household, then that is important to me when he's asking for leadership. Oh, yeah. And yeah, when he wants to be an elder or a deacon that's or whatever. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it that's is. part of it. He has to have his home in order because mm-hmm. the Bible says if a man can't take care of his home, you can't put him in charge of stuff at the church. Yeah. And it's just that simple. It makes sense. And it works out that way. I can see sense. the viewers now. They're probably getting mad. This is not a church show. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it, Hey, they haven't watched this show very often because this is, we go into any area. Yeah. This, this is We're perf- not afraid. This is perfectly within the purview of this yeah, show. That's right. Where no man has gone before. <laughs> now, here's one of, our view, one of our Facebook followers right now, Jerry Lamort Copen, and I know she lives in Florida. She said, but most men don't treat women with respect, and most men use the Bible to hurt women. I wouldn't. That's 
what I, I just said. They didn't say jump. most. They but, didn't but jump over right, and read some. the next verse that yeah. says, "Men, you know, love your wife mm-hmm. as Christ loved the exactly. church, and that He gave Himself for." You know, Even it, before the book Mars and Venus was written, God knew <laughs> that, that 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 men. The one thing that men need most is respect, it's and respect. the one thing that women need most is love. love. And that's why in the Bible He says, "Husbands love your wives," and He said, "Wives respect your husbands." It doesn't say respect him if he's perfect or mm-hmm. respect him if he deserves it. It says respect him, and it doesn't say husbands love your wives if she's lovable. It says, love your wives. It's an action, not a feeling. And, and, it's, that's a and very it's to each one's advantage. Yes. Because when, you know, we all want something from the other. Mm-hmm. And so if a, if a woman wants something from her husband, if she respects him, it's coming to her. Mm-hmm. And if a man wants something from his wife, if he loves her, it's coming to him. So mm-hmm. everybody benefits. God knows what he's doing. He right. knows what he what he's wrote and how it's going to benefit us both. Okay. Yeah, just think how wonderful this world would be if we all lived under those <laughs> principles. It'd be It'd nice. just be it awesome. would be nice. We wouldn't be doing going through what we're going through right You're now. You're exactly okay. right. Okay, yeah. quick look at uh, the weather for everybody. Today, 40% chance of showers, a high of about 88. Tomorrow, 30% chance of rain, partly sunny, a high near 90. And Wednesday, mostly sunny and a high near 92. For your uh, 4th of July that's coming up, Friday through Sunday, low 90s, 30% chance of rain on most of the days, and it's going to be feeling like it's in the low 100s, just Mm. so you know. Currently, it's 74 in Little Rock, 77 in Cabot and Conway, and 78 degrees down in Jan's area in Hot Springs. Okay, so one of our Facebook followers wants to know this. He said, changing the subject, this is Byron Eford, and he's, he's in Hot Springs, Arkansas. says, why did the city of Little Rock take down the Capitol Guard Monument at the MacArthur War Museum? The War Museum is supposed to be a history of the wars that Arkansans have been through. Are we still trying to change history even at the museum? I didn't even know that he had yeah. taken it I didn't, down. I did not either. Thanks for letting us know about yeah, that, Byron. We need to check it. on that. So There's you got also it, one being taken down in uh, Pine Bluff that was taken down in Pine Bluff also. Really? So, yeah, yeah. And I what mean, is this? What is this? It's, it's real simple. You just ask who controls these cities. Yeah, who controls control these areas? All the all the places that these uh, statues and monuments have been taken down are almost one hundred percent Democrat. Democrat control. control. So were both of these Confederates or something? No, not necessarily. So no, why why no. were they taken it, down? They were taken down. Well, one of them I know the one here in Little Rock, from what I understand, was taken down to preserve it, but it was not going to be put back up. It was taken because? out. I think it's going to be moved Did they inside say because? or something. No, no. It's just a, just a little <laughs> short news thing okay. uh, on there. So, yeah, even in our area here. And, well, I, and have, again, I, have a quite, I have a All these statues that are being taken down, if you're looking for a place to put them, I would love to have them out in front of my business. <laughs> <laughs> just give me a call. I'll give you a place to put them, and we'll, we'll get it taken care of. Yeah. I mean, what does that mean you take the statue down? And then let down? me defend them. Let me stand yeah. out there and defend those statues. <laughs> so what's, what's going to happen after you take the statue down? It's not going to change anybody, uh, you know, the way they think or do things when you when you take the statue down. Again, if you don't even know that the statue's okay. been taken so down. Now that we're talking about that, you're, you're, you're a black guy. You're, you're a black guy. Am I? Black guy. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, so I want to know, because I know you're an honest man. Uh-huh. When you see Confederate statues... Does that offend you? Does that hurt no. you? Do you? Does it bring no, back no, any? No, it doesn't. It does not. I'll tell you what, because uh, Robert E. Leaves, one of my favorite military uh, figures, he was he was he was some kind of uh, individual. Okay, you know, he was brilliant as military strategist. That's right. Uh, first of all, mm-hmm. and then he was a very godly man. You know, you can say what you want to say about what he believed. Uh, uh, his thing, of course, like a lot of them said, 
uh, were states' rights. And and actually, remember, Virginia was on the northern side, mm-hmm. or, was on the Union side at first. When and then they voted again. Out. When they voted again because they, um, you know, Lincoln, Lincoln told them that they would have to attack their neighboring state. And they said, no, we don't want to attack our neighbors. And so it kind of left them in the middle. And they said, well, which was going to defend the South. Right. So that's what that was. But Robert E. Lee was a great, great individual, not just a great general, but he was a great individual. Well, you're a pastor mm-hmm. of a church. You're around a lot of black people. Mm-hmm. Do, do you buy into this this excuse that's being given that it is offensive, that it's hurtful? I mean, I really want to know mm-hmm. as a black person, when 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 you see or when when they see Confederate statues, does that literally hurt their well, feelings? Let me say it like this: so offense, say- offense. In order for offense to do anything, it has to be taken. And Jesus said, don't take the offense. You know, you can only offend me to the degree that I allow you to defend me. Your actions, if you want to do something, that doesn't offend me. I don't get offended. I have to take the offense. And I just choose not to take offense with things. You know, if you want to live, uh, live your life. But if every time someone does something that offends you, then that means they control you. Mm-hmm. So I can control how Jan feels or how she thinks by going doing something I know that's going to be offensive to her. I can use the wrong word or use a term or talk about this certain subject and everybody gets offended and afraid. You're not even going to live your life. Mm-hmm. You're going to just live in this little hole somewhere afraid to look at the sunshine. Yeah, you could offend so, me if you wore a Mom's Demand Action yeah, shirt. Yeah, Mom's Demand Action shirt. I don't <laughs> care. You know, wear your shirt. I, I don't care. It would, you know, it would, it would, wear your skinny jeans, it would your pink disa- pants, it would and your earring and your nose. I, I, well, so Iverson, is it, is it just an excuse then right now? Do you do you really believe that that most of most folks are not really offended by the statues? They just it's an excuse to lash out. It, a lot of it is what what we might call borrowed offense and for the younger people. I think the young people are. And I mean, here's the word. They're just ignorant. They don't ignorant. Ignorant just mean you don't know. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the younger people just don't know. They, they, they want to be right. Mm-hmm. Um, you see a lot of these little young white uh, boys and girls, young men and women, I guess I should say, out there. And they really don't. They have no clue about what's really going on. But they want to feel like they're on the side of right. I get that. Mm-hmm. There are people that are just taking advantage of the situation. And then there are people that, that have a nefarious agenda mm-hmm. out there. And that's the, those are the ones that are really dangerous. Because the younger people, you can train them, you can teach them. Right. Uh, the other people, you can do something with them. But the ones that really have a hidden agenda, those are the ones that are dangerous. All right, going to take a break. Just like I always teach my kids, mm-hmm. you'll hear him say, he just made me so angry. I go, no, he didn't. You let yourself get yeah. angry. You let them control you. could have turned you. around and walked away yeah. from him, you know? Just well, one of our Facebook viewers, uh, Larry McMahon, I don't know where he's from, he says, Jan, why do Americans let all this happen in our country? Are we just complacent or just lazy? And we'll talk about that when we come back. We <laughs> talk we about back. that a lot. All right. Yes. We'll take a break. We'll come back. It's Dave Ellswick's show. Power panels in. Paul Calvert, Iverson Jackson, Jan Morgan, all here for your entertainment and edification here at 1011 FM, The Answer. I'd like to say back, but that sounds like we all got up and left the studio. We don't leave the studio except we, to go to the coffee we, break room to get some coffee. Yes, and we're right back. So we don't even stop our conversation. No, we continue it here. <laughs> we continue. That, yeah, know, some of the I best should, conversations happen during the break. That's what I should do. I should take when we're on break and and let people buy <laughs> a pay per view type thing, a pay per view of what is said during the break. Right. Woo. 
Yeah. Yeah, it could get interesting. It really could. Because I just got done. I was... And Elizabeth, I won't read what you what you what you text me. Now that's on a shame the air. because Elizabeth sent the, the comment um, of the day. It's, yes, it's, it's, she it's, did. Um, it was you can't great. say that. Can't yeah. you say it? No. Nah, okay. You <laughs> know, that that's one of then those. We get that, you in trouble. I, yeah, I wouldn't be offended by it. Right. But I know that there's people out there that would get right. They get offended by one word mm-hmm. in it. So right. I I never. Well, I won't say never. Very seldom will you ever see, hear me say that. Well, before we were before we went to break, we were talking about the statues, and I, if we can, before we move yeah, on to something right else, back. I just wanted to kind of close out with one thing because I've been listening to people on the news talk about it, and I'm, I'm trying to, and I, I did hear people say because we were talking, mm-hmm. I asked you, Iverson, is it? I mean, do you feel offended when you see Confederate statues no. because you're a black man? Do you believe that other black people who say they're offended by Confederate statues are truly offended, or are they just looking for an excuse to tear them down? And you said basically, mm, not really. You have to choose to. Why be haven't offended. they been torn down before now? If they're so right, offensive. before now, if they're so yeah. offensive. But, but here's because the thing I want to say. people weren't woke, I'm telling you. I, but here was the excuse. Here was woke. the excuse that I heard somebody say that was supportive of taking down the statues. She said, well, you know, it's, 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 it's one thing. We're not trying to erase history. We just don't want to elevate people who supported slavery or who had slaves during that time. We don't want to ele- elevate those people by giving them monuments. Okay. So my, my thing is here. If you don't know your history, you are doomed to repeat history. And the fact that America at that time dealt with the issue of slavery Mm -hmm. and we overcame the issue of slavery, it it says something about our country. So that should those statues should be a reminder of where we were and how great America is that we overcame that. So why do we want to erase that? It's what I say about the American flag. Everybody that wants to kneel. Because of police violence, and they say that's what the American flag stands for. No, it does no. not. No, it stands for the greater and the best good that we can ever reach. It mm-hmm. asks us to continue to reach. So, you're a big First Amendment person. Do you believe that that burning the flag should be a crime? No. Okay. I think it's political speech. I really do. You, what, but, how how much louder can you yell? Over over that, I mean, if you burn the flag, you make your point. And look, as long as I, I serve this country, and bottom line is, I don't want to. Pun- well, I won't say I don't want to punch him in the face. I do because I <laughs> look. I know how many people died. But you know, President Trump wants to make that a crime. I don't think it's there's there's so many more yeah. bigger. So you're issues. saying you disagree with the president? Yeah, on that <gasps> one. Yeah, I, I disagree. Isn't that amazing? And I disagree with him on that, but I'm still going to vote for him. <laughs> yeah. come yes, November. I am too. I, I disagree with the president on some of the gun rights issues that have yeah. come up. I've gotten really angry with him about it, but but I'm still going to vote for him. I'll tell you another I, thing I, with the burning of the flag yeah. that, that we may have not thought about in this in this part. You know, the Bible people have tried to eliminate the Bible over the centuries and centuries and centuries oh, yeah. and one guy uh after the print press was um you know came up like gutenberg yeah the gutenberg came and they were printing out bibles so he thought you know what i'm gonna go buy all the bibles and destroy them and get rid of them all yeah no, and, and, tried that. yeah and the word came back to them that he was going to do that so they raised the price of the bibles uh that that he purchased <laughs> and for every one bible he he bought destroyed he like destroyed. Print five. They printed four more. Four more. So, <laughs> so let them go ahead and burn so, the flag so and was, just keep enriching the people so that are. Well, that here's, are so here's what they so could do. My there. suggestion is, and 
Look, most of our American flags, to our chagrin, are made in China. <laughs> uh, make it out of something that doesn't burn. Well, make it out of Kevlar. You, you know, know what doesn't there burn? What doesn't burn is our history and what the flag stands for. That's exactly. You can well, do something to the physical thing, but what doesn't burn can't what, erase. You can't that. erase right. is what our flag. I know some people for. are trying to rewrite it though. Well, yeah, oh my god! That's what the we thing about, right about kneeling for the flag for police violence. Police violence, I suspect, is primarily a city issue. It's city governments that are dealing with some of these. Well, where are NFL teams at? They're yeah. not out in the rural area. Yeah, yeah we're not even talking about sheriffs. We're not talking about military. <laughs> we're not talking about U.S. military po- police. We're talking about probably almost primarily city Here's police. how I answer that. Everybody says, fire Kaepernick or do this or do that. Look, I don't like Kaepernick either. But I'll tell you this, if I lived in San Francisco, you couldn't give me a ticket to go see the 49ers, go. and I'd go. I, do you know that Colin Kaepernick's jersey is the doormat at my I range? I know that. <laughs> I understand that. And, and the whole and, thing and is... you're right. Yes. I'm looking at... There's major league ball players now saying that they're looking at taking a knee. I'll, I don't have to watch right. baseball. I don't have to buy your guys' jerseys. There you go. So you'll remember before the break, I said a guy that's on our Facebook feed, Larry McMahon, says, Jan, why do Americans let all this happen in our country? Are we just complacent or just lazy? I, we didn't get to answer we'll him. We'll talk that next hour. That's what you said the last hour. Because we're almost on. No, I didn't I mean, have I'm last sorry, hour. I'm sorry, Larry. I keep we trying to let us answer you, and you see what they do to me. We have to go okay. to the break. When we come back, we'll deal with that because Americans' parents, America's parents have been complicit in what we're seeing today, and we'll talk about it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You're not going to like what I have to say. Uh-oh. I'm just telling you, you're not going to like what I got to say. You're sitting on your butts out there, not stopping it even out. Just saying. Uh-oh. All right. So Paul and Iverson and Jan will be back with me in just a moment. Hope you will, too. Or you might be already changing right now because you don't like what Dave might say. But uh, <laughs> coming up here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. we were left with was why is america like it is right now why are we seeing what's happening well it's the same reason why we saw what was happening in the late 60s uh during that time as well although i think perhaps there is more of a true moral reason for people taking to the streets in peaceful marches i mean i think of the the Vietnam moratorium. You're talking about Woodstock. Well, yeah, the Woodstock era. I'm talking about the Vietnam War. Okay. And I'm talking about the the Vietnam moratorium, and that's where a lot of people showed up to march on Washington mm-hmm. saying, stop the war, okay, because the politicians weren't listening, and they were trying to run the war, and all that was happening is that a lot of innocent guys were getting over in, in Vietnam wanting to do what 
their country wanted them to do in getting killed. Mm-hmm. All right. Bottom line, <laughs> Iverson's been in the military. I've been in the military. And now they teach us all the mistakes that were made during the Vietnam War. And the number one, don't let the politicians run, run the war. war. Mm-hmm. All right. You let your generals run the war. Trump said that many a time. And if you don't like what they're doing, you replace them. That's what Lincoln did. That's what he did. Right. Think about it. On the Eastern, in the Eastern war zone of the Civil War, he couldn't find an aggressive right. general that would get, latch on to General to, Lee and to take Lee. the yeah. war to him and not let go him. of right. it until he put Grant there. That's exactly right. And Grant never let go. He's like a pit bull. He got a hold of him and never let him go. Yeah. That's when I became a Trump, a Trump supporter. You know, I was never going to vote for Hillary. But uh, when Trump won the nomination and I got an invitation to go to New York to uh, uh, sitting up in a meeting with uh, when Trump was meeting with religious leaders. Uh-huh. And I said, there are two things I want to know so I can become a positive Trump supporter. And that number one was the military. Number two, well, number one was the judges. And number two was the military. Mm-hmm. So when I heard his answers on that, he said it's going to allow the generals to run the war. I was like, my man. OK, now I will admit that I don't agree with the president on two things. I don't agree that we're still in Afghanistan, all right? Mm -hmm. I don't agree with it. Now, with that said, I don't sit in the daily briefing every day that the president gets about what's happening in the world. Right. I I listen to politicians that are running for an office, and they say, well, I'll do this, and I'll do that. And then they sit down with that first (laughs) eye-opening, you know, sit down with the CIA and uh, the NSA and all the rest of them, and they hear of all the threats— And after they've cleaned out their pants, <laughs> then they go, hmm, maybe I've been wrong on this. Jack Murphy on our live Facebook feed right now is saying this. He said, people need to understand that just voting is only part of our job. We have to stand up when the ones that we voted for are not standing up for freedom and the Constitution and the amendments. It's our job to stand up and put them back on track. And, and he's very right about contact that. Contact them. Call them. Stay vigilant. Stay, right. Because mm-hmm. the, the, just, Especially on the state level, you can make a difference by by contacting the the state is where the freedom fights are taking place Mm -hmm. right now. And let me say this right now in the state of Arkansas, we're having a problem with city and county governments not wanting to stand for the Bill of Rights. We're seeing that we're actually taking that to a number of counties and we're seeing that they're backing off. Yep. Simply taking a stand for how can you not support a Bill of Rights ordinance? Okay, so let me look right directly at the camera and say this to everybody's got kids and they're saying why is our country like this Mm -hmm. Hmm. i'll tell you look at your own self let's let's go let's take it down even closer to where you're at let's take it down to the school board how many of you have been to your local school board you know what's being taught in your child's class or maybe you don't because you don't even pay any attention to it and they're being they're being taught about socialism. They're being mm-hmm. taught about communism. Not taught, indoctrinated. Yeah, right. Because you don't you don't have to use the term. Yeah. Well, I'll say that. Right. Okay. They're being right. indoctrinated. Right. It's propaganda uh, from the government. No doubt in my mind about that at all. And with that, in, and look, not against you teachers. Although I will say this: if there's one private school, Christian private school, looking for a teacher, you should be putting in for it. But uh, bottom line is. We've allowed just a whole bunch of horse manure to be taught to our kids, and you wonder why they grow up to be little brown shirts. And if you don't know what a little brown shirt is, 
check your history mm-hmm. uh, with Adolf Hitler because he knew if he controlled the youth, Hitler's youth, he controlled the country. Yep, and he did, and that's what they're doing now, and that's why you're seeing a a, a sizable. I'm going to say a sizable minority because. It's still in my heart that we haven't reached the tipping point yet, but a sizable minority that believes all this crap that they're going out and screaming about. And it's because parents, number one, haven't been parents. There's two two members of the family having to work because they have to now to be able to keep up with the Joneses. And then secondly, you don't even take charge of what they're sticking in your kid's head. So what did you expect to happen? Do you believe that your government is that good to you? Then you didn't listen to what the founders told you. I end my debate. Well, that wasn't a debate. That was a statement. Okay, that was okay. <laughs> nobody, nobody There's no debate with to have here. with that. That's right. Well, I mean, what do we expect the government to do? Do we ex- actually expect the government to, to teach children things that would to it be tough take, for them would, to be able to do something? It would take, it would take <laughs> the power away from government? Do we really expect the government to teach children to be independent and, um, and individualistic and, 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 and willing and able to take care of themselves without the government to eat? You know, God knew that all this was coming. That's why he said, train your children in the way they should go. Yep. And they're, when they're older, they will not turn from it. See, he knew all this stuff was Always. coming. Already. You train your children, not the daycare, train your children, not the preschool education system, train your children. You train your children. The government I'm, is I'm, to just real quick, yeah. I'm going to say that this all started changing after Eisenhower was president. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That we go back that far to the early 60s. When, that's when Dr. Spock came on and all the rest. Mm-hmm. And it all began to change. That's why we saw what happened in 67, 68. And that's why we're seeing what's mm-hmm. happening now. Yeah. The government should be so small that it is virtually invisible. Exactly. That's, is, that's what the government limited. is for. Limited. Limited in so size and scope. limited that it's, it should well, be invi- You shouldn't well, even know your government exists. The government should not be the biggest employer. It should not be. <laughs> and so when you have that, and, and who's not going to protect their job? Right. And so this mm-hmm. is what uh, a lot, this is how government gets out of control because it's, we got to protect our job and grow. See, I like you, Iverson. This is why I want you to run for governor. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm pushing this guy. Just everybody. Now, here's here. I have a challenge for all the families out there, for all the head of the households. I have a challenge for you. You want to stop fixing America? You want to start fixing America? It begins right there in your home. Why don't you just take every night of the week and say family time is at the dinner table. No cell phones. No TV. We're all going to sit down and have a meal together, and we're going to talk about the news of the day. That's what my daddy did. Yeah. Of course, we didn't have cell phones back in the dark ages when I was a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> but still, the, we, you, you but, didn't even turn the TV. TV's off. And everybody had to come to the dinner table. You don't get to just go in, grab a plate, and run upstairs and get on your own TV. Or what. We all had to sit down, and we had to have family discussions every night. we don't have families night. anymore yeah. in America. You do so, have a family. It may well, be a we, broken family, right, but you've but got that's, a family. That's part of the problem, though, is that people's social lives, their families, are in shambles right now. And so they can't keep from... Thank you, they, Democrat Party. We, yeah. we can't keep kids from cussing their parents out on a regular basis. Or the, or the parents from cussing well, their kids. who allows that? that that's the whole that's thing. That's the parents that allow yeah, that. That's the parents that allow that. Right. And Whatever so, you allow, so, that's what you get. And so, that's right. You know, I'm a landlord. I've been exposed to a lot of different situations with families. I had a, I had a, a, a family, if you want to call it that, a, call it a family, 
I think they literally learned their social skills from watching pro wrestling. Of course. I mean, wow. I mean, you can you can imagine their 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 problem solving skills were not very good when it came to um, to arguments. But when when children learn their um, social skills from from school, from other eight year olds, or from reality TV or shows, or from reality yeah. TV TV shows, or, or you know, this is what we get. Yeah, you know, back to something Jan said earlier. We did not allow our children to have a television in, in their room, you know, oh, because, you yeah, you divide the family mm-hmm. and everybody, you, you grab a plate, a piece of pizza and you, and you go to your, your room, you go to your room, you go to your piece, you know, your, wherever your hole is in the house. Go to your corner. You go to your <laughs> corner. No, no. So we, we had that family time together and we still do it. You know, we're going to have my uh, middle daughter, our middle daughter, her birthday was last Thursday, but my oldest daughter was out of town. So she's in town. She's got to leave back out. So we're all going to go out before she leaves. And the family structure, that's it. We can blame the government and everybody else. So no matter what someone else tried to teach our children, my word, my wife's word, they were the dominant forces in their lives. Okay, so here's my question. See if you guys had one rule that we had at my house. Five o'clock was dinner time. Mm-hmm. You, if we were out playing, you'd be home at five, washed and sitting at the table for dinner. You actually washed before dinner. Oh, yeah, you better. better. When, why did mom you stop was checking hands. Mom was, mom was checking the uh, the hands and stuff. And if you didn't make it, you didn't eat. Mom wasn't heating stuff up for you because mm-hmm. we didn't microwaves then anyway. But the bottom That's line true. was, at, from five o'clock to six thirty. None of your friends better call your house. Mm-hmm. Wow. We didn't take phone calls. Right. Between 5 and 6.30 because that was family time. Mm-hmm. Here's another challenge for you parents. Take your teenager's cell phone away from him or her when it's bedtime. Take it away. They're put afraid it up, to. Put it up. You know, even when my daughter was growing up, she knew when her friends came to spend the night because I walked in one night. When one of her friends was spending the night, it was like one or two o'clock in the morning, and her friend was laying there with her cell phone at her ear, and she had fallen asleep with her cell phone. And I went in and picked up the cell phone. I said, hello. And her boyfriend was on the line. And he said, well, we always fall asleep together each night. And I no. said, no, you're not sleeping with each other on the phone. Oh, yeah, that's good. And, he, and he was like, you're not, you're not Kelsey's mom. And I said... Right now, she's in my house, and I'm I her am. mom. I'm mom. Yeah. Yeah. So there I started telling more, my daughter, I said, when your friends come uh, over, you tell them when it's bedtime, Jan, your mom, is taking both phones, and I'm going to put them away, because when it's bedtime, it's bedtime. You're not going to be on your wow. cell phone all night. Yeah. So who do you not allow many to sleep, raise your kids? Not many sleepovers at your house, huh? You know, actually, <laughs> we, actually she, she did. Our household was very busy uh, because I preferred for my daughter's friends to come to our yeah. home rather than her go to their yeah. home because I can control the environment. My daughter go. called me Hitler when she was a teenager. You can ask her today. Mm. I was Hitler because I, I controlled who she was allowed to run with. I controlled who she was allowed to go out with. And then I checked on her. There you go. If she told me she was going to the movies with her friend, I had a tracker on her cell phone. Hmm. And if I got on my computer, that cell phone better show me that she is at the movie at theater. The hmm. I'll tell you something right. else. That friend better have met me. Yes. Oh, I knew who her friends were. Store, I, I, I even went to the school. The I was were. one of those moms. I volunteered at the school yeah. so that I could get to know the kids so I could decide, okay, no, she, I know these people. I don't want her running with those people. Hmm. All right. Got to get a break in. Let's do that <laughs> here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 719 Power Panels here. Paul Calvert, Iverson Jackson, Jan Morgan, all in the house. And uh, I'm ready for any calls so people don't believe that 
we're the reason for why our country is the way it is and what we've allowed in our school systems and it continues to move down used to be we always worried about the colleges now you got to worry about your high school and now you got to worry about your elementary school and jan brought it up and it's getting to the point you got to worry about child care mm-hmm. daycare you got to worry about that as well and the government wants your children earlier and earlier so they can uh, indoctrinate them there's no doubt about that at all don't forget about pi roofing they'll take care of your uh, your roof there's no doubt about that either i mean you call joel johnson and his staff and they'll set it up so that they can come to your house uh, walk the roof find the problems deal with your insurance get things all set up get things worked so they can be fixed and they don't ever have to even be face-to-face with you or whatever. They can do all of it, keeping all the social distancing and all the other rigmarole that you got to do uh, now that we're in the COVID-19 pandemic time. So uh, PI Roofing, 707-3551. That's 707-3551. How much do I trust them? They put my roof on my house, and I'm happy with the way they did it. And you can reach them online uh, as well at piroofing.com. All right, so I'm always thinking up liners for this show, and I, I told uh, Heidi that I'd, I'd give her at least a few, and I got one already, and it's gonna, one is going to be public enemy number one for the cancel culture, <laughs> the Dave Ellswick show. So just let you know you'll be hearing that soon here. I, I, I'm thinking about he's the leader of badassery. I'm thinking about that mm. as well, but maybe not. I haven't made up my mind about that yet, but uh, you want to say something, Mr. Calvert. Oh, well, so I wanted to tell a little bit of a, an experience that I had. So as some of y'all Sorry. know, oh, so as some of y'all know, I live a little bit different life than a lot of people. I, That's I, because I, you're just weird. I'm just weird. But so Saturday, I did what just about everybody needs to experience at some point in their lives. I went to a chicken butchering party. Party. We butchered about 125 chickens with my neighbors. We, they're, they're, we've no, I've known these people for. You had a party butchering years. chickens. Yes, isn't that isn't that awesome? Never no. heard of that before. It, it really, it, was, it wasn't a party. It was just we it just had a bunch of a bunch of people. Everybody over. did it together. Yeah, we did it together. It wasn't a, wasn't a party, if you will. But so we we uh, we went out, and there was probably oh ten or twelve of us working on it, and um, so the, the neighbors raised some broilers. Like what you eat in the store, um, and we got up about seven o'clock in the morning. Got started, and um, we had um, my brother was out there. A bunch of his kids were running around catching chickens, and the neighbor kids were get. So it was it was just a good time to get together and fellowship, and and just and it's to me it's 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 as good as going out and playing volleyball. Actually, better because I'm I'm. I'm tall and gangly. I'm not very good at sports, but I can butcher chickens. I'm pretty good at that. And so it, it's one of those now things. Now I know why you're still single. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I think this is bizarre. No, it's, it's not bizarre. <laughs> but but the, the thing is that, that this is one of those things. It, it's, it gets you down close to life. You're 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 in the nitty gritty of, of There are a lot of, of ways to get things. close to life besides butchering chickens, you know, just. I, 
it's, it's almost a perfect date. For, yeah. for, just don't okay. use that in a conversation yeah, piece. Oh, I used to do with a young lady. Oh, okay. the time. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Yeah, let's go to my house. We'll hang out and we'll butcher, butcher chickens. Chicken. <laughs> I just don't think that doesn't sound good, Paul. But that's the, but that's the kind of wife I want to marry. And that's why you're not married. Okay, so all you women out there that like the idea of butchering chickens, here's your man right here. Paul Calvert. That's what you do for fun. So how are we ever going to Arkansas? How are we ever going to get rid of the hillbilly, you know, uh, I don't want to get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul does have his shoes on. <laughs> I, I do wear shoes, yes. Okay. At least to the show. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh. Just kidding. No, but anyway, it was, it, was, it was a good time. And I, and I think it, it's useful for kids to be exposed to that, that when they're young. And, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a useful skill to have. Because even I learned to butcher chickens as a, as a child. I don't know why we're talking and, about this. <laughs> well, he wanted to bring it up. But anyway, I just, anyway. Okay, can I, can I just stop. say something? I just want to do a shout out. I see that Trisha Willis from Hot Springs has joined us. I, and I want to do a shout out to Trisha. Trisha, let me tell you about this lady she real quick. She got her 2A shirt on. This is a, she is a 2A women uh, supporter. <laughs> but she, she, Trisha Willis teaches. She's a certified range safety officer, NRA uh, certified range safety officer. And she assists us each week and she refuses to take money uh-huh. for her service. But what she does take is a gift certificate in exchange for the amount of time that she has put in at our range. Mm-hmm. And you know what she does with that? What's that? She gives that gift certificate for firearms training to women who can't afford oh, wow. to Fire be trained. Training. Cool. So she, she, it's a, it's a form of voluntary. She is an amazing woman. She's paying it forward. Yeah. And she also suggested that two a women, this is something else we're doing. We are providing a free firearms training class for police officers, wives. And, you know, the police officer in Hot Springs that was recently murdered on Mm -hmm. the job, his wife is going to be taking the class. She's going to get armed and trained. Uh, And and much of officers' wives are now signing up for the class. And we're doing that in Illinois, too. The chapter, the state chapter leader of 2A Women Illinois is training police officers' wives. Okay, for you watching, this means we're out of time. (laughs) We're going to take a break. Rush. Joins us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Currently at 74 degrees in Little Rock. Looking for a high of 88 today. All right. You heard what Rush had to say now. You can go on with your day. And what's Dave have to say? No, I'm just How's he doing? Have you, I, I haven't actually. He uh, Last week, uh, he was off Thursday because he was really tired. And that is what chemotherapy does to you. Mm-hmm. And then he was back on Friday. So I think he's doing the best that he can do in the circumstances that he finds himself in. Do you know in. what his prognosis is? Well, stage four cancer, your prognosis is not real good. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, but I'm sure he's going through all the treatments and, and whatnot, uh, not for a cure, but to prolong his life. How right. many you know years that might be. I mean, people who have real bad lung cancer, stage four, the treatments now can, you know, elongate your life by sometimes five ten years maybe even more can they do a lung transplant to you know i i don't i don't don't know if that's one of the treatments i think that there there is such a thing because i've seen it yeah i just don't know how i don't know number one how difficult it is to come up with a healthy pair of lungs Mm -hmm. i i know how difficult it is lung transplant my daughter was yeah she did Mm -hmm. she flew with a lung transplant team to dallas and actually participated as a as a scribe in it yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. i mean i mean i can just tell you that uh you know transplantation uh is a a long way (laughs) along from where i used to be involved with it i the only for the year I was away from radio, I worked for the Illinois Regional Organ Bank, mm-hmm. and my goal, uh, my job was to talk to families whose 
you know, in many cases, children, parents Mm -hmm. had been declared brain dead and trying to explain to them that brain death is death, you know, because you go in, you look at the body and gosh, it's breathing. It looks like it's breathing and Mm -hmm. the whole nine yards and uh, it's keeping the pulse on the monitors and all the rest. Well, they're doing that only to preserve the to organs, preserve for the organs that's there. And within the black community, mm-hmm. there's a real stigma or was a real was. stigma. I don't yeah. know if it's the it's same changed. way. It's changed. It's a change. So it's that's changed. good so. that people didn't want to donate mm-hmm. uh, organs because you want to take your organs to heaven with you, basically, mm-hmm. is what mm-hmm. it came down to. So, you know, I, that's what I did. I, I could only do it for a year because I tell you what to get up every morning and and go to the hospital wow. and just deal with people who are in that kind of grief and then try to broach the, sur- the rough, subject yeah. of, uh, yeah. of doing organ transplants. Yeah. It's tough. Speaking of hospitals, and I'm glad you brought up the whole hospital thing because here's something that's really bothering me lately because I, I personally know people that are going through this. Right now, because of COVID-19, or at least that's the excuse hospitals are giving, and if there's anybody out there that works for a hospital, a nurse, a doctor, or administrator, I would like an answer to this. They're, they're not letting family members or even one single family member go to the hospital with their That's loved one. Scary. And there are people on their deathbeds. Yeah. And I, and I know it is critical. And I, I just I told my husband the other day, I said, you know, if something happens to you and you have to go to the hospital and they try to keep me out, they're going to have to call the police. Yeah, Call the cops. Because That's I am it. not leaving you unattended. And I don't understand. I understand if they don't want people coming and going. Because you're bringing germs in and out. But if I say, I'm staying with my husband in his room, I will eat here at the hospital, mm-hmm. I will not be... You can't stop me from being there to watch over my loved one. Yeah. And they have to be watched over because doctors and nurses you are, are understaffed and overworked. And in right. both they, instances where my spouse was in the hospital, if I had not been there... They would have killed them. They would have killed them. Yeah. At one point, and, and somebody who worked at a hospital told me this, that when my husband was in the hospital in Baylor, and they said, you, she, she gave me a notepad. That was the gift she gave me. She said, write down everything. And she said, these are the meds he's supposed to have. Mm-hmm. Every nurse that comes in and tries to give him meds, you say, okay, now what are you about to give him? And she said, if it's not on that list, you need to stop them. Mm-hmm. It's not because they would intentionally kill right. him. It's because they're so busy. And They've that's got exactly what happened. 47 other patients they're giving yeah. meds to in the, in the next yes. two hours. So you have maybe. to be there to watch over your loved one. And my mm-hmm. grandmother, who is diabetic, you know, they brought her food tray in. And if we hadn't been there to say, oh, excuse me, but she's diabetic. She can't have that. Mm-hmm. Well, no, this is the tray for her. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but that is not correct. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's and that's that's scary. I mean, I've, I've been in the hospital with, with some of my family members here recently. My sister had a kidney transplant. Not very recently because you can't get in the hospital. Well, no, no, not in the last few months, but over the last few years. You know, my father died of cancer here uh, about uh, three and a half years ago or so. And and our mother's had some issues. So I've been in the hospital quite a bit with them. And um, yes, that is something that's scary Mm -hmm. about right now. If you can't get in the hospital with them, you even talk to the doctors right now. They're telling us from from what I gather that the conservative number is that the medical community is killing about 100,000 people a year through, through their errors. Well, see, now, like, yeah, and you can't be there to oversee them. Right. And, and do they people, like that more? Do they like it because are, you you can't watch over their nurses and their doctors coming into I, your loved one's room and I, say, what are you doing? I, I, I don't know, but some people are putting the number closer to 400,000 people. Yeah, I heard 250,000 last that week. That may be the, the, yeah. the kind of median mm-hmm. number there. And well, there's our pandemic right there. Right, yep. it is. It, it's 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 outstripping anything that you could do with a, with a plague right now. I think, right. or what's, what's any. So, what's how going do we on. fix so, this? How do you do? What are our rights here? I, I think part of the problem is we've got government regulations that that limit supply of of, of professionals, and so when you've got 
doctors that are spread so thin because there's just not nearly enough of them, then... No, I'm not saying what can we do about medical uh, oh, situations. Oh, I'm talking about hospitals. getting into the hospital. I have a friend right now whose husband is dying in the hospital. And she, and she has to sit out in the parking lot in her car. She's not allowed to go in and visit. All she can do is sit there in the car by with her while, cell while phone he dies and alone. let them call. Yeah, while he dies alone. Yeah. That is an outrage. Yeah, I agree. I, I well, think what insane. can we do about that? I, I don't know. Where, where Take is, him out of the hospital. I suppose. I yeah. know that might sound terrible, but yeah. I remember as a young person that it wasn't normal for people to die in the hospital. Mm-hmm. They went home, they went home. to die mm-hmm. they because be you, wanted to be, loved ones. you wanted to be surrounded by your family. Right. No, it's awful. I mean, that's why I like hospice, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, and that, that's awful. I don't know what to do about it, though, because when they tell you you can't go in. Because if a hospital is a privately owned facility, they, they get make to make their own rules. policy. Yeah, well, even, but it's the government hospitals, too, I suppose. And so what do you do? They, they let nurses and, and, and aides go in and out. What's the difference in you going in and out if you're healthy? I would even say I won't go in and out. I'll stay you, here in stay. this room with yeah. my husband. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm, gonna, I'm yeah. not going to leave the facility. Right. Check my temperature. Check me out. Make sure mm-hmm. I don't have this, test, this virus. Test, test you. Yeah. And, then, and then I'm going to stay here. And if I get the that's virus, reasonable. it's because your staff people. People give, come in here to give, give it, it to me, you. but I'm going to stay here with my husband. I mean, I, I think, would create a scene. I, I I think that's a serious issue, and I, and I think a scene would be appropriate. Yep. I mean, uh, that that is scary, though. But but I think hospitals are. You know, I hate to say this. But I don't think that it's that they're doing it to keep COVID nineteen from coming into the hospital. I think they're doing it because that's fewer eyes to catch mistakes. <laughs> maybe maybe not. I don't know. I, I think it's possible that. I think it's likely they're trying to do it. So if there's somebody out there that works for a hospital, if you're a nurse, if you're a doctor, if you're a hospital administrator, please call us. You don't have to use your number. 823-0965. You don't have to tell us. I want to know why. Maybe I'm missing something here. But even if I am missing something, I just can't see any justification for keeping at least an immediate family member Mm -hmm. away from the loved one. He, and, 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 and I, and I think, I think your compromise on saying, I'll stay here, I'll I won't stay. leave. Yeah, I'll stay here, I won't That's leave. a very reasonable thing yes, to do. And when they deny that to you, I think they're being very unreasonable. Okay. We got to take a break. Tell your wife, I'm sorry. I <laughs> All right. Sorry, Mary. Got to pay the bills. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> got to keep the electricity on just not, the way it goes. This is government radio. <laughs> Let me give you guys a number. $287,619. What would you do with that extra $287,619 in retirement? Now, Iverson and Jan may be thinking in that terms. Paul, probably not yet. But that's how much a, a Little Rock couple could save in taxes with their IRA and 401k, thanks to the tax planning strategies from David Lucas Financial. Let me let me tell you something about David. David's a great guy, great Christian guy, and uh, and he and I talk about uh, you know Christianity and Jesus a lot. Uh, he and his wife sent me a live bonsai tree uh, for the death of my daughter which was really nice, and I really appreciated that. And all the, if you couldn't send the bonsai plant or whatever, don't worry about it. I Just that you said that you were praying or whatever, that's all that was necessary. We Or I feel, you know, feel your pain or whatever. I, I Just that you took a moment out to say, Dave, hey, we heard and we're sorry. Uh, went a long way, I got to tell you, it really did. And And it's not over yet. I mean, there's days that, I'm going to tell you what, I miss my daughter. Last night, um, my wife came to bed and 
And uh, she was uh, upset, and I, I said, what's wrong? She says, I, I just found out that Paul, that was my my uh, daughter's husband, just uh, deleted Kim's Facebook. And I said, well, you know, probably that's not a bad thing to do. She says, yeah, but he deleted all the pictures. He didn't save any of the pictures. And she, she says, I like to go and I could sit and look at her and see her smiling and it helped me. And now I have to grieve basically alone. So I understood that. Now, that was at three o'clock this morning. All right. Just saying. And, you know, it takes time. It takes time. And I do appreciate your prayers and all of that. But David, uh, I just want, I just say that to say that David Lucas is a great guy and I believe you can trust your money to him as well with his retirement tax analysis that he does. And uh, it's free. If you've saved more than $250,000, be one of the first 10 callers to schedule your free analysis now at 501-222-3315. If you got an IRA or a 401k and you know, 76% of workers have a 401k, learn how much money in taxes you could save by calling 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. We got more coming your way. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM. Uh, the Answer with Paul Calvert, Iverson Jackson, and Jan Morgan. All right. You have heard this senator on my show. Her name is Joni Ernst. Joni Ernst is from Iowa. Joni Ernst is in a fight for her life in Iowa right now in the Senate. For what reason? I don't know, but she is. I always thought that Iowa was a fairly conservative place. Maybe that's changed because a lot of people leaving the blue cities to go out into the rural areas to find some peace. No, and, they're living. Blue, they're leaving right. blue states and coming down. That's why we that's say don't saying. don't California my Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're coming out and they're you know don't don't make uh, Little Rock Chicago right. right? And, and it's okay. working it. Did you know that Little Rock for a, a city over a hundred thousand mm-hmm. is ranked seventeenth seventeenth yeah. in the country for murder for violence. Yes, one Who? of the. That's not good. Anyway, right, but we're, we're, we're following the we are following the liberal mentality in some of our cities in Arkansas. And we saw that when we found out that the city of Little Rock had given out over eleven hundred yep. photo IDs, valid illegal state issued photo IDs to illegal aliens. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. They're not to me. They're well, illegal. That's what I meant. Yeah. So. So. And we had to stop that. We had to, we actually had to come up with legislation a couple of legislative sessions ago. Senator Gary Stubblefield and uh, Brant Smith, Representative Brant Smith, came up with the legislation, and it was a brutal fight, yep. even with Republicans yes, in control. I had to shame three Republican legislators by putting their names Here's and faces the on social media. Fight that's coming up to stop and it. And Hendren's turn it the one who helped write this bill. Who? There's Hendren. Senator Hendren. Yeah, hate, I mean, hate, hate, hate crime. crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's going to be a big thing yep. coming up in this next session. And if you don't want to, if you want to stop it, then get out and let your uh, We need to explain to people what's senators. wrong with hate crime legislation because yeah. it sounds on the surface like a good thing, but there are some very bad things that can result in it. And we've seen it, it happen before. Yes, we have. You know? So uh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll get uh, Gary Stubblefield and Kim Hammer and a few others come in here and sit down and talk about it or be on the air yeah. and talk about it. Well, you know it. that I'm going to be in the middle of that fight. 
Well, you know I'm what happens when I go to the time. state capitol and get in the middle of a fight? Yeah. Yeah. Senator Trent Garner says when Jan Morgan gets in the middle of something, it's like throwing dynamite on it. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And they don't like me to start talking about things constantly because I'll I'll start to drum. Right, because when, when we, we come up there, when you come up there, and when I come up there, we bring with us a whole audience of people. Yep. And we let them know about what's going on, and then it's not you and I that actually make the difference. It's the people it's the getting people involved and getting engaged. Yep. That that's makes the way government's supposed to work. Exactly. Yep. Except yeah. except that during past fiscal session and who knows what's going to happen with the legislative the main legislative session that's coming up they didn't allow the public well which is illegal that's i I believe by that time hopefully they'll have you know we'll all the ones of us that are supposedly at very serious risk of getting this disease uh we'll have gotten a needle stuck in our arm and we'll move on with the vaccine vaccine or something make everybody feel happy i'm not getting a vaccine i I refuse to take a vaccine okay but it's you don't get a flu shot I do not get a flu shot. I do okay. not get a flu shot. I've, yeah. I've had one flu shot in my life, and that was as I was exiting the military. I didn't think I had about a year left. You didn't left. have a choice. Yeah. You don't have a choice right. there. Yeah. Other than that. Hey, I but you know, I don't have a problem with you getting a flu shot. Just yeah. don't start telling me that I have to get a flu shot. No. Don't tell me I, I have to get a COVID-19. It's when it becomes Never mandatory you. that, now, that you have Now, I had heard, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I no, I know I'm right that I heard this, but I, I don't know if it's true or not, and I'm asking you, that the governor has asked for... Uh, a hearing with a committee on COVID-19 tracking, tracing. Well, I we think all governors and... have been talking about that. I, I saw I a post know. over the weekend, and know. I'm not sure uh, about it, that if you go into the settings of your phone, mm-hmm. you go somewhere in it, and you can find that the government is already tracking your phone. I don't believe that. Mm. I, ha- I I tried to find that, mm-hmm. and I couldn't find what the person was talking about, so I think it's fake news. Actually, that's it's not fake that the go- the government can, oh, I know and you can. know that you're being spied on. That mm-hmm. is true. Yeah. Even when your phone is turned off, well, that yeah, you I, can be heard and seen on I, your phone. I already know that because I'll say something to somebody about a product, <laughs> and, and then I'll send Amazon and tell them they got it on sale. Yeah. But no, I'm just saying that... Uh, supposedly they're putting a device on people's phones without them knowing it so they can track you now you can you can willfully do that Mm -hmm. if i'm not mistaken you go play play Mm -hmm. store and i love that term go to the play store and uh download the app that they'll they're able so if you lose your phone you can find it yeah supposedly yeah Yeah, i don't have that yeah. I don't. I don't have but that. Here, but, but some of these rules that are out there right now re- regarding COVID nineteen are outrageous and ridiculous. I, I went to a restaurant this weekend, and they and I when I walked to the door, they said, "Okay, do you have a mask?" And I said, "No, I'm not wearing a mask." Well, we'll give you one. They said, and then you can as soon as you get to your seat, you can take, you can it, take off. it off. And I said, "Well, so so the the virus is only in the air between here and my seat, but once I sit at the table, the virus can't be moving around. Is that I don't I don't really understand that. Well, it's the rules. And I said, Who, "Whose rules? You're My private business." I said, "Okay, well, I'm not going to put a mask on even to walk from here to there. So I'll just go home." I did that uh, last week on Wednesday. I went to go to IHOP in Cabot. Uh-huh. Got in the door, and mm-hmm. they said, uh, "You you have, you have to have, have a mask, mask to mm-hmm. enter." And I said, "Well." Then I'll go spend my money at Somewhere Waffle else. House. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly what I did. Yeah. So you didn't have yeah. to have one at Waffle House? I'm, yeah, no. So, okay. so why is it some restaurants that say that it's a government rule and state government, not and others government. are not? No, it's not a government you rule. Can't, the it's government com- can't tell you what company. to do on your private, pro- privately it's a owned company property. Rule. It's the companies that okay. are saying it. 
And look how, how, the, the, how, how the public is. Now you hear people say, well, it's a law. Mm-hmm. Said, There's, it can't be a law that, that hasn't been a legislative session. Mm-hmm. So we are so messed up well, and, with this thing. We of, think a, that someone can just sit in the office and say, this is the law. You can't well, do they, that. Well, they've got, a, they've got a, a, a code on the, in the state law that basically says that the governor's edicts are, have the force of law. But I'm sorry. That is not a constitutional uh, law, as far as I'm concerned, it, the, the Constitution does not allow them to become uh, – for the legislative exactly. process, to, to the, the legislature does not have the authority to grant for kingship. Instance, let me give you an example. The, right? governor. the mayor last week of Little Rock said that if you're out in public, you have to wear a mask. However, <laughs> however, however, there is no penalty for not, wearing, for not wearing a mask because he cannot pass a law that has a penalty like mm-hmm. that. That has to go through the city council. Right. So, you know, it, it's just a way of trying to look good, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I hate, I hate mask something. shamers. Okay. If you're one of those mask shamers, look, I, I, let's just err on the side of liberty. That's why I'm now a huge fan of uh, South Dakota Governor Christy Noem. Oh, yeah. yeah. She, she, she erred on the side of liberty. She said, I'm going to go with the side of liberty and let people decide and make their own personal rules about their own personal health and safety. And and I, I like why, that. Why, why is it, Jen, that the areas the um, the areas where they, uh, you know, were a little bit more relaxed mm-hmm. on these all this COVID Have stuff. Have lower cases. They have lower cases, but now all of a sudden in the news, they're spiking here and spiking there. I, you know, personally, I really don't believe all that I hear Mm-mm. in the spikes because I think some of it is just to get those places like Texas – and Florida to shut back down, mm-hmm. and you think who does that? Uh, who, who does that really? To whose advantage is it? Well, it's not to the Republicans' advantage. Well, if you're, it's if the you're, Democrats' advantage. Somebody yeah, sent a meme to, to me earlier today, and it's this oh, yeah. woman standing at the podium at a oh, council yeah. meeting saying, "23 people died in Chicago last week of COVID-19 related Sh- shootings. shootings. <laughs> they will be voting by mail." Yeah, yeah, I got that this weekend. Uh, so. That is very uh, funny. In fact, I'll. I know who sent it to me, but I won't mention it. <laughs> COVID nineteen. Yeah, that was good. I'm posting that later today. Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm just the reason I I'm going to be honest. I don't mention names a lot on my show anymore, like who my friends are and stuff, yeah. because there's a woman that I know that owns a very popular company here in Little Rock, and uh, during the time that BB was governor. Mm-hmm. She was audited five times in one year. Wow. Wow. (laughs) One year? In one Uh, year. Wow. In one year. And um, I just don't bring people's names up anymore. It it happened to some other friends of mine as well. So uh, do your best, but it won't be enough for the Dave Ellswick Show.
All right. We continue final hour, and uh, I'm looking for that story right now. While you're uh, looking for a story, you know, you, we, we've gotten really bad about this, and I don't know if it's because we're old and we can't stay on topic or what, but uh, you, you mentioned that we hate crime. Hate yeah. crime legislation is about to, it's becoming a big issue in, in different Hendren states. Because Hendren is, not, is putting but, together yeah, the bill. In the state of Arkansas, we've got Senator Hendren bringing that up. And here, here's the problem with hate crime legislation. You know, originally they started talking about hate crime legislation because it's supposed to promote tolerance and equality and 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 not and non-prejudice except that the it has unintended consequences yep. because what it what it actually does is have the opposite effect, opposite effect. It, it starts making people think uh, and behave in in rather than as a member of society instead as a member of a protected class mm-hmm. and protected group uh, or people. speech. And then, or speech. And the yes. other thing it, it might actually do is when, when one person is protected more than other people, well, the mm-hmm. unprotected people might actually draw more fire. Mm-hmm. And so like like when you when it's an, maybe you get double penalty for hurting a police officer or some other government official. Well, guess what? Maybe the, the, the rioter decides, you know what? It's too dangerous for me to hurt a police officer. So I'm going to go burn my neighbor's house down. Mm-hmm. Well, the, I'm sorry, but the fact is government officials should be drawing fire to themselves, not away from themselves. And so this is some of the same stuff with some of these other types of um, enhanced penalties for hate crimes. Mm -hmm. If I beat up Iverson because he's black, is that any worse than if I beat him up because he he has a pretty wife? I'm just jealous. Mm -hmm. What what is the difference? I do have a pretty wife. (laughs) (laughs) I can't let that pass. Because she's listening. Yes, she's listening. Hi, Kim. Kim's not my wife. She's my niece. At the the end of the day, though, I beat him up without good cause. Uh And it it wasn't because I loved him. (laughs) It was a hate crime either way. It doesn't matter why you beat him up. The crime is the crime. But here's the thing. But the only I, reason- I just want to pass this on to Republicans, okay? The Republican Party platform, it is in black and white. Republicans believe in limited government. Yes. What is limited government? It, lean, it means less legislation. We need fewer laws. I wish our Republican legislators would go to legislative sessions looking at ways to repeal laws off the backs of people and more specifically repeal taxes we need to be focusing on lightening the tax burden on people not more legislation governing their lives can we can we just get to that but, but the thing is though, see, number as four they, as they continue four. to grow government they got to have more money for it number four mm-hmm. individual freedom and liberty secured by a limited government mm-hmm. that's our fourth principle yes. in the republican party platform that's black and white yep that's black and white. Yeah, we need less government, not more. Yeah, exactly. And so, so we can't. We can't. It's not not logical to cut taxes when government continues to grow. It's insane. Look, Arkansans are still to this day among the most heavily taxed yes. people in America, and we're also to this day among the most poor by income. Now, Republicans have been in control of our state government for going on what five, six years now. Mm-hmm. Six, that is inexcusable. We we need to we need to start turning that around. And if our Republicans in office right now can't do that, then we need to get some other Republicans in office, some people who are true Republicans who are going to follow the Republican Party platform. So if you're a citizen and you're tired of being heavily taxed, you've got two options. You either need to contact your legislator and say, hey, I voted for you because you said you were a Republican. And I know what the Republican Party platform says, that this is who you're supposed to be in the, in the principles that you represent. So why are you not representing? that and if you're not going to change and start doing that then i'm going to either run for office against you <laughs> or i'm going to uh i'm going to Support start campaigning for someone else because a lot of them do not um 
you know, govern for the people, but govern for the governor. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. So the governor wants to do this. He's the head of the party. So, well, he's actually supporting this new gas tax. It's going to be on the uh, on the ballot. ballot in November, and it is a constitutional amendment, folks. That means it's a permanent tax, mm-hmm. and we've already increased taxes this last legislative session. We have got to stop this mentality that the answer to government's problems is more money and more more laws. That is not the answer. No, less laws, less money yep. keeps the government in line. In line. That's what Jefferson think says. About, as governor, as government grows, freedom diminishes. Think about how simple this is. And regardless, I know there are a lot of states watching. That, folks, this isn't just an Arkansas issue. This is happening around America, even under Republican leadership in other states. Think about this simple concept. If your Republican legislators and governors could look at your state government budget and say, okay, we need to start cutting cutting our spending then once you cut spending you can you need less money for your government to operate so therefore then you can start looking at cutting taxes right if you don't it's it's as simple as running your family budget if you want to cut the amount of money that you're spending you can you can cut the, the taxes so cutting spending is the first step to cutting taxes and we are surrounded by states here in arkansas that have no State income tax. You know, one, one of the ways to, to uh, start cutting spending is for people to stop looking to the government mm-hmm. as the answer mm-hmm. for right. every issue that they have. But the right. government needs to stop spending our money. Like yeah, they it need grows to stop spending our money. But I'm saying mm-hmm. as an individual, what I can do is, is, is if I have an issue, don't look to the government right. to solve that issue. Our lieutenant governor, Tim Griffin, I remember once on the uh, talk business politics, mm-hmm. Ruby Brack, Brock asked him, he said, oh, do we have a lot of waste in government? And the lieutenant governor said, yes, we do. We and he do. said, we've got millions, hundreds of millions. I believe he said hundreds of millions or at least tens of millions of dollars in wasteful spending in our state government that we could cut. Right. I mean, he was he was saying we need to do this. Right. Because so, the government, the government is not supposed to be there. They should not exist to employ people. Right. And that seems to be what one of the biggest problems is. Think about you know the look at the, the government the lobbyists. Years that look at the, the government uh, lobbyists that come yeah, down to the Capitol and they lobby to get more money for themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, here's yeah, go here's ahead, of, of interest, Iris, and what, of, of what you are saying. Mm-hmm. How many times do you, have you heard a governor, Democrat or Republican, say, "Yeah, we're going to reduce government spending by reducing government." Mm-hmm. But nobody's going to lose their job. Nobody's going to lose. Right. Their, how do you do that? How yeah. do you, how, how, when was the last time a department shut down? Mm-hmm. You know, just by they'll say we're going to do it just by attrition. Mm-hmm. As if people retire, we won't replace. Well, wait a second. That, that, if you using, don't need to it, replace them, then why you have them? Then you're paying them for no reason. And it's so not we, only does, the number does that mean of they're employees. eliminating that slot because you know you have a slot on all these mm-hmm. uh, chart organizations? Does that mean they're eliminating that slot, or they're just not going to fill that slot? Mm-hmm. And it's not only reducing the number of employees. It's it's reducing the amount of money that you're paying when you've got a state employee that's making three hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year. And you're paying the health care for yes. Or yes. a good portion, and they can retire at fifty something. Mm-hmm. And you're going to keep paying them. I, I mean, our governor doesn't even make three hundred and twenty thousand dollars, but we've got. I know we have several employees in state government that are making that kind of salary. That's outrageous to me. Wow. 
And by the way, talk show hosts, do not make that kind of money. <laughs> Actually, we pay Dave to let us come on here every Monday. That's about the truth. Uh, That's about the truth. Uh, I, I don't have to worry about cutting their salary nor raising their salary. <laughs> I guess I could raise it, but... You can double our salary. I got, yeah, yeah, I can double it. It'd still be zero. That sounds like an old Billy Preston song to me. Nothing, nothing from, from nothing. 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 <laughs> That's right. Got to get something. Hey, folks, but if you're out there and you don't like the way things are going, you, you can't just gripe about it on social media, and we can't just come and gripe about it on the radio. You have to get involved. You have to get engaged. And the, the place to start, if you're conservative, is to join your Republican committee. Your, your committee right there in your county and then start pushing for Republican leadership uh, at the state level so that our legislators understand that you're there and that you're watching them and you're going to expect them to to, to adhere to that party platform. Well, and I, I, mean, th- that's, I think I think one thing that we need to do is like Iverson was saying and that we don't need to look to gov- look to the government to fix our problems. Mm-hmm. You know, if if I get sick, I don't need the government to come and fix my problems. The, the fact is that. That that's a that's a private charity issue. The government should not bail me out if I decide to ride a motorcycle and I get myself hurt. Mm-hmm. The government should not bail me out. The government should not well, come. The government and steal shouldn't from, be bailing out businesses either. They shouldn't exactly. be bailing out businesses either. But the government should not come and steal from Dave to pay my medical bills. Mm-hmm. If my family or my friends want to help pay for my medical bills, that is their business. If they don't, then I think it's reasonable for me to have to work at the hospital, sweeping floors and and cleaning the toilets until I pay off my bills. Yeah. And maybe other people will look at that and say, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be stupid with a motorcycle like Paul Calvert because he's mm-hmm. having to having to work the hospital, yeah. pay his medical bills. When, when you don't have to pay, for, you know, suffer the consequences, right. consequences right. of your decisions, mm-hmm. you're going to keep making bad right. decisions. Exactly. And, and so it's only till you feel the weight right. of your and own when, decisions. And when government is constantly bailing people out for their mm-hmm. bad decisions, then why would we change? Right. There's no incentive right. to change. Yeah. Free market enterprise works. It the best, does. The best way to, to help our country is for the government to get out of the business of right. getting involved with businesses. And I, I think maybe, maybe Iverson was saying this earlier, that your stomach is a powerful motiva- oh. motivator. Well, mm-hmm. let me let me tell you. Here's where the problem really I got going. Overweight. Really got going is when the government convinced the church oh. that the government could take care of people instead of the church taking care of people and it that happened the biggest push happened in about 80 when when did the bears go to the super bowl and 85 85 it happened just before then i remember when you used to watch cable television and they had the channel for upi or ap Mm -hmm. and all it was was it would have you read the stories as they would click past Mm -hmm. and i was reading the stories one day and the world council of churches Mm -hmm. said that they no longer were giving money to organizations to help the poor oh yeah because it was the government's responsibility that's when the problems really happen we've we've Written well, the church off. Yeah. Now, the church still gives tons of money every year to the poor. I get, it's a number two, number two uh, of giving money. Number one is the federal government. Mm-hmm. But that should shame the church. But do you yeah. think it was a mistake when the churches accepted the tax break? Oh, that's been there from, forever. From the government. Because once you accept the tax break 
from the government, then the government can regulate how you preach from the pulpit. Because I remember being on senior staff at my church and my pastor, you know, he he, we had in senior staff meetings and he talked about how, well, we can't get into this or I can't say that because you have to be careful about being political. You have to be careful about being political. Misunderstanding the law. Well, I know Johnson tried to do that. But uh, it w- that's a misunderstanding of the law. There's well, then there are a lot of pastors that misunderstand nowhere. because they, during it political law, season, they can't it, tell you who to vote for or who you should vote for because then they lose their tax break. No. You not know true. That, that has what church, never happened. What church do It has you, not. That's what I was they, just going to say. Be afraid name a church that that's hmm. happened to. It has never happened. It has not because it's a hmm. law, but it would be so so strongly constitutionally challenged that it's like not having a law at all. You think about it. how old is the church? About 2,000 years old. How mm-hmm. old is America? Just over 200 years, years old. old. So the church preexisted, the tax exempt and all the other things. And constitutionally, the church is tax exempt. So mm-hmm. you're five in the 5013C, or, uh, that didn't come along to much, much later. So to say I would lose my tax exempt, you're exempt by constitution, not by our IRS edict. Yeah. We'll take a break. We got to come back because we got so much more to say. I mean, to be honest, I got to come back. I got to tell you about Joni Ernst, and she's put up forth a law that would prevent federal taxpayer dollars from go, for going to autonomous zones and the mayors and the governors that enabled the lawlessness to continue. We will talk about that when we continue the Dave Ellswick Show here on one hundred one one FM. The answer. All right, so let, let's talk about what we were talking about during the break because it's important. Hate speech, and I want to go back to that because it poses some real problems. Uh, and and what I always do is I try to point out to people. Not hate speech, hate speech legislation. Yeah, legislation. There you go. Well, hate, hate speech. Hate crimes, I can say hate, hate, speech, up, yeah. hate speech in general because mm-hmm. we have some countries that already have these laws in effect and they're very serious laws and uh canada, and it's turned people into politically correct robots yeah and canada is a perfect example mm-hmm. now there is one thing that i'll say about these countries other than the united states is this they don't have a first amendment right they do not have most a of first them don't amendment. have a second amendment right either <laughs> yeah that's true since they don't have a first amendment but our then but, they don't worry about right. But, you our, know. but our court has a history of bringing in some of these other bringing in traditions well, from when other you countries. Got a major when you get a Supreme Court justice says that she likes the South African uh, constitution. constitution more than she likes the American Constitution. You, you know, you you guys may be in love with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but I think she's nuts. All right, I really, really do. And, mm-hmm. and so that I think it's a real threat, a real danger that that these courts may actually decide. You know what, well. Yeah, we have a First Amendment, but but, and, and you know, British uh, Britain is a, a a big contributor to some of the judicial thought in our country. They didn't have free speech. The, the soap soapbox idea came from you couldn't you couldn't speak against the crown on on British soil, so they stood on a soapbox, and that was their justification, from what I understand. And so they didn't have real free speech in in um, which is in, the difference between them and us. All right. Our founding fathers understood that, and they made there was a the war about First this. Amendment, <laughs> the First <laughs> Amendment of our Constitution, freedom of speech, there was a, freedom of assembly, freedom of worship. All the things that they did not have under the crown, they changed, okay? They tried to change them. And then for all the people who want to ballyhoo, he didn't, he didn't free the slaves. <laughs> 
they went to a a two-thirds rule because they knew that if they pushed that they had to have uh, no slavery, they could have never gotten the Constitution okayed. So they did the best they could and left it to us in the future Mm -hmm. to make the necessary changes if we thought there was a necessary change. That's why you can change a Constitution. And it took. That's when why did, the document's so fantastic. And it took when did than, it, go ahead. It took longer than that to even get to the point where where black people had a right not to be lynched. I yeah. mean, I mean, it, it took a while for people to even get on board with the idea that black people were people. Well, yeah. but we got there. And what yeah, I want to know is when did I'm making. right? When did Americans become so soft? When did, something Iverson said during a break, he was talking about he had some young people helping in his church, you know, outside and, and raking in the driveway and that sort of thing. And he said that one of the guys got uh, uh, blisters, blisters on his hands. Why? Because he had soft hands. When did we get so soft in America that offensive speech is justification for criminalizing it? That it, that suddenly, if if somebody says something that hurts your feelings, then they should be silenced. Or no, well, the, and the, this is the, the important part. Doesn't take law anymore. The right. people will do it themselves. themselves. Mm-hmm. The left, who, you know, unbelievably, I can't believe that I have. I've said this a million times. I can't believe that I got to fight the the issue of free speech all over again that yeah. I fought back in the sixties because the right was suppressing it. Now I'm fighting it again because <laughs> the left is trying to... to, to it's a constant know, battle. Yeah, yeah it really is. Try to get back to the middle ground. And that tells you yeah. why why it's so important is because it's such a, a target for mm-hmm. either extreme. Yeah. Well, speech is incredibly valuable for free people. Getting rid of free speech is a big big priority for government. It's also important you. for people who aren't free. It is. I'm well, just what saying. is scary, and I think one of the problems we're having is our college campuses, which used to be a place for free thought and a free exchange of ideas. Not it was anymore. a place where teenagers go off to college Why? and you listen to all sides and you learn and you become adults and you, you learn where you stand on issues. Now you can't learn because they have little safe zones. These are the only places not on campus where you can anymore. say something. I don't make sure of that. I know, but, but, but unfortunately, not every state has a Dave Ellswick. No. Well, yeah, I so understand. We <laughs> but we fought against that. I mean, we really, really, Brant Smith and all of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm trying to think you guys are going to be running for senator now up there in Jonesboro. No, he didn't run for senate. He won senate race. Okay, uh, yeah, Dan, Dan Sullivan. Dan Sullivan, yes. yes. So, they, you know, Dan was instrumental. That was a case where we removed a bad Bob Republican. Bob and, and we, were, we removed yes, we a counterfeit Republican. I call them counterfeits. If you don't adhere to the Republican Party platform and you say you're a Republican, you're a counterfeit. And so we defeated a counterfeit. And we replaced him with a solid conservative yep. Republican. And Dan, nothing against you, but we'll watch you as closely as we watch <laughs> well, everybody. Just, else. And I think right. Dan welcomes that. Yes, he does. He, yes, he does. He, yeah, he does. He really does. Okay, we got to get a break in. Sean Hannity is going to be up next, and then we'll be back to finish up today's show, which has gone by incredibly, incredibly fast today. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, one hundred one point one FM, the answer. Current temperature seventy six in Little Rock. Sean is with us now. Back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Heidi, who we got on line one? Somebody want to talk to us? Larry in Conway. Okay, so Larry in Conway wants to join on the conversation. Let me just make this statement. Phone lines are always open. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is call 501-823-0965. We'll let you on the air. 
I just don't mention it all the time. I just figure people know that you're available to get on the air. Hey, Larry, how are you? Hi. I asked this question earlier uh, a couple of days ago, and I, I continue to see on Facebook, and I'm asking it to Jan now, I continue to see on Facebook that it is a felony to carry a mask while we're carrying concealed. <laughs> to wear a mask while carrying. No, it is not. Yeah, yeah. right. That it's is a not. misconception out there, especially if you live in Arkansas, okay? No, you, you, yeah. it, is, it is not. So just okay. don't believe what you read and see on Facebook. Right. And Maybe remember, once states, again, so. when, it, when it all boils down to is keeping and bearing arms is a right, not a government-issued privilege. Okay. Have you seen anybody prosecuted yet in America because no, they were wearing a mask and no. carrying a gun? Okay, there you go. No. There you go. But nobody's probably shot anybody with wearing a mask. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, they have. A- yeah. Oh, well. yeah, oh, yeah, they have. The only, the only place that I think that they can enforce that would be if you're going in a bank. Mm-hmm. And the bank is a private, you know, it's private business, and they say you can't wear a mask. Yeah, the reason for that, the whole discussion, and the reason some people brought it up is because there are some states that have legislation that re- is related to concealing your identity while carrying a gun. And that's talking about wearing a hood and trying to hide completely who you are. Wearing a, a face mask, you know, the, the nose and the mouth stuff is not is not hiding your identity. You're going to pull it off. You're not. You don't have nefarious they intentions. Don't, they, they don't have like to prove your sunglasses more than yeah, the, the, exactly. A mask but like here's that. the thing: you're carrying a gun. I don't. I don't. Why are you? Why are you wearing a mask? Why are you wearing a mask? Yeah. If you're wearing it for your for, for your self defense and you're carrying a gun for your self defense, I, I challenge you to find me any any police officer who's going to arrest you because you're simply trying to to be safe. Well, if you're wearing a mask. For your protection, you're wearing it for the wrong reason. You wear a mask, unless it's a really high-end mask. An N95. Yeah, to protect other people Mm -hmm. from you in case you have the disease most and don't of the masks that people are wearing out there are totally useless you, yeah, well, you do what know you're that. breathing in sure cost, yeah. absolutely so if you're you're riding in a vehicle by yourself <laughs> and wearing a mask, <laughs> a mask i've actually seen that i've, I've seen I that see it like, what is too. wrong with these yeah. people or people walking outside oh. you know going for a morning walk and have right. a mask on. yeah Boy. okay so we're not mask shaming i'm not no, saying that no. if you're wearing a mask i understand Put it over people your wear, nose just don't don't shame me because i don't want to wear one and i'm not going to yeah. And it doesn't mean that I don't care about you, Dave. Sure. I know you don't, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get this out and open. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a right uh, Yeah. It's just a bottom line. I Look, I would never say, I'm 67, okay? I, I do not expect, because I'm 67, and if I would get the uh, COVID-19 uh, virus, my percentage of dying from it is higher than somebody who's 23. I don't want somebody to have to change their life that's 23 to, quote, protect me mm-hmm. from it. I'll just stay home. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that simple. I mean, I haven't – look, our church is meeting now. I don't go to church yet. It's not because I don't want to. Well, that's that's erroneous. I don't want to because i got to wear a mask and i got to sign in. Mm-hmm. And to have to sign in to go to church just really yeah. chaffs my thighs. All right, just I've to heard be honest that more than you. once that people say, "If I got to wear a mask in church, I'm just not not going to go." Yeah. And I can't hug somebody. Yeah. No, nah, not going to be there. I'll just mm-hmm. stay at home, watch it on YouTube. That's what my wife says. She says that that's the most difficult thing. She says because I'm a hugger, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Janet. Right. Is. Most Christians hugger, are. Most, yeah, and we are, and that's what we do, man. We give each other a big bear hug and. 
And that's I actually saw a commercial on TV the other day that the government put out. It wasn't an Arkansas government thing. It was a federal government thing. It just said, uh, stay home. That was the, the whole point of the commercial. Stay home. We're in this alone together. together. Yeah. It's like, oh, think about Jim, that. Give We're me a in break. this alone together. together. I hate that. Is that, that not just an oxymoron if you've ever heard fear, of it? Feeding the fear. I just I don't know when Americans became such cowards. I this whole thing has been shocking to me. What it's revealed to me about the American people. I, I've learned a lot it's about a people that I was shocked, can take that I was over shocked pretty at the people easy. that wanted to that were that was suddenly willing to so easily just trash and rights. burn the Bill of Rights. This is not the World fear, War II generation. Out of fear. No. This is not the greatest generation. No. No, but this is revealed that we've got some deep-seated problems that we need to we fix. Do. You know what? I'll tell you what. I, now, from my perspective, I call it this is the evidence of that child-worshiping generation mm-hmm. that you know that came along about twenty between 20 and 30 years ago where everybody's child was too cute. They couldn't spank them. They wouldn't discipline them. They gave them everything they wanted. Spock. They were so spoiled, mm-hmm. hand-soft, butt-soft, everything soft. <laughs> and so now you've got these people have become young adults and adults. And they can't handle any responsibility because everything was done for them. Mm-hmm. They were never allowed to figure anything out, work something out. Because of they helicopter were never de- parents. denied anything. <laughs> and so now when something is required of them, they have a meltdown. Mm-hmm. Helicopter parenting. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is not, some, this I mean, is not a generation we, that we, sacrificed. Didn't we go through this just about three I years ago? I just talked about this, too. When that, you couldn't let your kid walk to the park? Come on. Yes. Really? But also, also participation trophies. They don't eat mud pies anymore. And participation <laughs> trophies have led to this yeah. softness, too, because kids don't learn at an early age that life is about competition, and you're not always going to win. Right. You can't Sometimes learn you to, If you can't learn to fall down and pick yourself back up, that it makes you stronger. If we're telling little kids all from the beginning in Little League Baseball, just everybody, everybody gets a trophy. Now, we're all no, the same. No, you're not. That is, that's a false message. That is definitely a part of life. One thing about having families, see, we separate children out into their age groups, and so they're a little more equal-ish. Mm-hmm. But in a normal family setting where you have five, six, seven, eight kids, you know, one of them's two years old. They can't do hardly anything. And, and another one's 15 years old, and they mm-hmm. can do almost everything their parents can do. It's it's okay for that two year old or the five year old or the six year old or the eight year old to recognize they're not as good at life as the fifteen year old or the twelve year old, and it's okay. They need to recognize there's they're not they're not they're not all that in a bag of chips. They're they're still learning, but they they're don't not care. Kids. They just want to but be a part of this, it. But we did this, right? And we that's did the thing. this. The and very the people is, out there in America right now calling millennials snowflakes. You raised those you snowflakes. Raised we raised those snowflakes. <laughs> Do you know when my daughter competed in the Miss Teen Texas pageant, she came out of the interview crying <clears throat> because the judges attacked her over her mother's political views. And she came out saying, you know, crying. And she said, Mom, why do you do what you do? This is not fair. You know, now I don't have a chance because of your political views. They've attacked me and they hate me. One judge wouldn't even look at me. This is not fair. And I looked at her and I said, sweetheart, I'm sorry that this happened to you. But if somehow in raising you, I taught you that life is always fair, then I have failed as a parent. Yeah. Well, I, I said, you have two options. You can, you can, you can quit. We can go home and not even compete the rest of the week, or you can rise above it and be so good that these judges are going to have to. It's going to be obvious if you don't get some sort of award. It's going to be the obvious. Backlash. That's yeah. right. Yep. Yep. Cool. Yep. And sometimes you just expose their their corruption and whatever else. And so, but I think you're absolutely right. The 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 um uh, the baby boomers raise the millennials. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about the greatness of our founding documents and that one phrase there, the pursuit of, of happiness. happiness. 
is never guaranteed. But what's guaranteed is you have the opportunity to pursue it. Now, whether you fail, fall short of it or not, that's just, I mean, that's government just, that's called life. Government gets it's called life. Disappointments. You're supposed to get up, the old saying, you know, get up, dust yourself off, and go at it again. Mm-hmm. Now, I still believe that, you know, in sports, you have a bench. And if you're on the bench, your motivation is to work harder. That's what Bobby get Knight off the used bench. to say. The wood talks to your butt. Yeah. And your butt talks to your mind, and you work harder in practice. Yeah. You know, in fo- <laughs> I played football for years and years, and they used to go out, go out there and hurt somebody. Yeah. Hurt. That was the thing. Yeah. You say that today, man, you're going to you're get you might get, You might get arrested. Go on, hey. son, hurt hey. somebody. Speaking uh. of sports, somebody, uh, Wayne Beach just said, now we have males competing as females in female sports. Mm-hmm. Oh, brother, don't even get me started on this. Nope. I've yeah. been talking about oh, this that- for years now. And uh, the Supreme Court really opened the door to this last week. A Republican appointed two, two, justice two. is Gorsuch. the reason. So no, it wasn't Gorsuch. It was uh, Gorsuch, John, John Gorsuch and Roberts. 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 John Roberts. Roberts. I mean, yeah. Gorsuch mm-hmm. was the one who wrote the majority opinion. Mm-hmm. That's when his libertarianism showed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's not, not good because, I mean, he really did. He said they, they added in. Uh, transgender into when you title nine and when you did that there's no way you can keep males out of a female bathroom or females out. you never very seldom hear that females want to use a male's bathroom no. but you hear that males want to use it <laughs> and and uh, you know i mean there's perfect examples of this all over the united states going on now i i've never gotten the triple a here in arkansas to say what they believe in. They will not answer that question for me. And I guess I'm going to have to do, uh, you know, uh, one of those uh, things where you make them tell us, mm. you know, how they, they do it. I'm trying to think. what I'm, I just lost my train of thought on it. It happens but, uh, when you get old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and happen, and well, you're not that I far know. away. I, 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 it's just, the bottom line is it's, it's really weird is that uh, – yeah, people just don't understand. Stupid, bizarre notion that, that men remember the same. Boys are not girls in any way, shape, or form just because they believe they're a girl. Doesn't happen that way. This There's em- such a thing as boys and girls biologically. This emotional, mental derangement is being treated as normal by, by these so-called intellectuals. I'm well, sorry, the intellectuals. You're love what I say to people. And Paul, you've heard me say this on the air. I have looked, asked people if they believe that, and people say, well, yeah. And I said, so tell me this. Your best friend comes up and says that they're a gorilla because they, <laughs> they identify as a gorilla. Are you going to go out and buy them a case of bananas, or are you going to try to find them help? Actually, in Hot Put Springs, the at the School of Mathematics and Sciences, you know, there know. are some students that Think say they identify as cats as and dogs, cats. and it's and it's looked at as normal, and people yep. just treat them like, okay, well, so that's where, good, and they so meow where, and they bark. where do they keep their litter box? I, yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Boy, don't give them uh, any ideas. Uh, oh. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I mean, it's just, it, we live in a crazy time because... We put up with this crazy time. 
What what happened though is that the Christians stood silent. Yeah, well, you know, and was it Jefferson? Just... Jefferson warned us about this. He said the best way for evil to re- prevail is for good men to remain silent. Well, and Edmund, the Christians Edmund have been Burke the largest group of first. people in America to to stay home and not vote and to not speak out. Well, and continuing to send their children to universities that are funding these deranged professors that are that are teaching this. Now course. that's and going, to continue that's to going back to our dollars. first hour. Yep. Or second hour. Yep. I'm yep. sorry. Yep. We can go back right. to the second right. hour. Right. Yep. And continue to send dollars and the tax dollars, the tax subsidies that are coming in. But but when parents continue to send money to these universities with these professors that are, that are teaching this garbage, it's insane. All right. Got to get the final break in. My lights were flickering. Oh. So we got to get a couple dollars in and keep the lights on. We'll be back with more here on Dave Ellswick's show. Paul Calvert, Iverson Jackson, Jan Morgan, all here on the Power Panel on a Monday on the Dave Ellswick show. Okay, so in the last nine minutes, let me go back to what Joni Ernst is proposing. Now, whether the Supreme Court would uphold, uphold this law is questionable because they they've not upheld President Trump trying to cut off federal funds to sanctuary cities. All right, and Joni Ernst has said that if you're allowing these autonomous zones in your city, she wants to keep federal taxpayer dollars from going to those autonomous zones and to those cities and the mayors and the government governors that enable lawlessness to continue for those mayors that prevent law enforcement from actually going into the areas and policing as they should be doing we should strip away the federal funding that goes to those cities now this is a law that she is uh, is going to run uh, in the senate now it probably can pass the senate it will never pass the house because they the democrats control the house just know that but uh, anarchy cannot continue on our streets if city officials or state leaders fail to do their job and protect their citizens the federal government american taxpayers aren't going to pay for it said senator Joni Ernst. Like Thank that. you, Senator. I love that, yeah. mm-hmm. and it I'm is. all I'm all about that. That's kind of telling. You've got these city governments. They will tell they will tell you how to build a deck off your back off the back of your house. But then it comes to these rioters. Well, they're just not going. They're not going to protect you. We'll let mm-hmm. them burn your deck down yeah. off yeah. the back <laughs> of your house. Yeah. Did you see what President Trump said about this but, in that in an interview the other day? They said that the president said, "You know, I've, I've been in. You know, I, I was thinking I need to go in here, and the and the government needs to, to to clean up these autonomous zones and get and stop this lawlessness." And then he said, "But my advisors are telling me, no, nah, let's just stand back and let this simmer a little bit. Let mm-hmm. people see what it's like." To live in an area of lawlessness well, and, they, and and liberal leadership. And they've been living in areas of lawlessness for a long time mm-hmm. because the government itself has been a lawless body. They, they make up rules. They take people's property rights away. And, and it's insane. And, and now when it comes to, to, to crazy people coming along and attacking people's property rights, mm-hmm. well, it's, it's kind of – well, the government's doing it already to some extent. And, and now um, – they won't protect people, but 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 for a long time, city governments have been very abusive toward property owners. They'll tell you what you can do with your property, what you can't do with your property. Mm-hmm. They treat you like you're a tenant. 
Mm-hmm. rather than a property owner. Well, you actually are because you never own your right. property. If well, you don't pay your property taxes, right. they're going to come and get it. Right on the that too. But at least out in the county, generally, you don't have to ask permission. For now. To, for now. <laughs> you don't, generally, generally, you don't have to ask permission if you want to build a deck on your house or build a house for that matter. But in the cities, a lot of times, they treat you like I might treat my tenants. I, I, I want to tell my tenants, look, you can't build a deck out, out back unless you ask me. If you ask me, I'll probably say yes. But before you... Tear a wall out of the inside of the house and move it around. Ask me first. Yeah, that's because you own it's the property. It's my property. Exactly. But city governments act as if it's their property. Well, listen to how they talk about taxes. It's that's their money. their money. It's their money. It's, and the people keep electing <laughs> right. the same people. In office. Right. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, you're contributing to your own demise sure. and your sure. own I, lack I, of freedom. You know, people are talking about, well, they want to defund the police in these cities. I'd like to defund the government in the cities. Just defund the cities. You know, like, like they're in Faulkner County. We've got a sheriff's department. If we got rid of the, some of the city governments there in Faulkner County, especially Conway, we still have a sheriff to deal with, to, to, to handle police issues. But wow. did you know that it has been people in law enforcement who are our biggest adversaries on the Bill of Rights ordinances that oh, we're trying to get passed in the counties? At, yeah. the, at the state capitol. You were talking earlier about well, these government officials want um, more money to keep people hired on, or yeah. so it's a it's a it's a work program. The state capital um, down there, where we're trying to fight for gun rights, mm-hmm. the Arkansas State Police is one of the biggest advocates against oh, yeah. your gun yes. rights. Yeah, we no. actually had had a, had a recording of of some some staff of the state police it's somewhere in our, our it's the lawyer the lawyer representing um, state police and. Um, you know, that lady. The, um, I can't remember her name. Mary Claire. Mary Claire. Lady. Her name is Mary Claire. And, and so, she um, won't return my phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine I wonder that. why. <laughs> so, so we, ha- we have her on, her on recording saying, well, we can't allow this, this, this gun bill to pass because it would, it, it would make us have to fire people because people wouldn't keep buying the licenses right, and they get so much money from we're it. Gonna, we're going to take a break because I got a caller. Ah. All right. Becky is on the air with us by phone from Louisiana. Oh, hi, Becky. How are you? Hi, Dave. I'm great. Great guest. Great discussion. My question is: When did the opinion of the Supreme Court stop being an opinion and start being the law of the land? This is a question I have had. Excellent question. Well. I think I'll that hang it, up and okay, listen, that's Dave. fine. Yeah, I think if you go back and look at the history of the Supreme Court, this is not something new. Not new. Uh, an opinion, when they say that, is just as if they're saying law. It's the opinion of because it can be changed. Okay, it can be changed. So it's an opinion in that state, but as long as the opinion stands, then the law so to speak, stands. It can be changed. And sometimes those opinions are very reasonable opinions. When they come along and say that, when they point out, like it was Brown versus State of Texas is a, is a so-called case law, you can't search someone and, or you can't stop and force someone to identify themselves just because they're walking down the street. You can't do it. And so there's, there's some so-called case law, these opinions that are reasonable. There's no reason for other other judges to say, you know, we're not going to uphold that. There's, there's good reason to say that we're going to treat this like law because it's reasonable, as opposed to some so-called case law that is just hogwash. Like, I think there's some case law out, out there right now saying that you don't have a right 
to a jury trial if the if the um, the the criminal case against you doesn't meet a certain threshold because it's too petty. Well, the Sixth Amendment says all criminal cases. Yeah, well, the case is, is that you can press it trying to get it up the food chain, mm-hmm. but it does not necessarily mean that if it gets to the Supreme Court that they will hear it. Right. Because mm-hmm. they make their minds up of what they right. think is important and what's not important. Right, exactly. That's just the way it works. It's well, a mess. Guess what? We're out of time. Yep. Fast show. Wow. Time flies when you're having fun. Maybe mm-hmm. I should call. Maybe I should call Gallagher and ask him if he'll give up an hour. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's the, uh, the Dave Ellswick show. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, Paul Calvert, Iverson Jackson, All right. Good Jan Morgan. They'll all be back again next Monday. N- next uh, Monday, after we celebrated the Fourth of July. Oh, wow. Remember, freedom, baby. Oh, Mika- Don't give it up. Yes. Yeah. Hi to Ma- Michaela. Michaela. Hi, Michaela. There you go. <laughs> Just want to shout right. out. She sent a text uh, and said, tell Jan hi. So, uh, hi, Michaela. All right. Yes. I'm out of here. So are they. I'll see you tomorrow, 6 a.m.